<laughs> Let's go. Hello, everybody. This is a Nightwing at Way of Life Esports, and this is Rift Insight Season 1, Episode 18. Everything is in full effect, actually. Yeah, so the offseason is in full effect if you're not in the uh, 2020 World Finals. Uh, <laughs> if you're not Sooning or, or uh, Damn One, you're not in the finals again. And... You have to worry about your off-season. Oh, thank you, Nick. Did you hit the stop button again? Yes, I did. <laughs> I, I'm hoping this is the last time we do this intro because I can't handle it again. Did I set it for PM? Okay, it's cool. It's cool. All right, so um, let's see what is the talk about because there's actually a lot to talk about. There's actually just a lot in general. There's the off-season. There's the recent rumors that came out to be true. Then you also have uh, Sooning making it to the 2020 World Championship Finals. You also have Damwon clapping G2. Uh, I got most of my predictions right. I predicted that it would be an LPL versus LCK Finals. You know, a lot of people thought you that can't. G2 was going <laughs> to get back to the finals. Make that oh, so you... vague. <laughs> I'm just saying, I am. It was out of four. One of the side was. LCK. The only person, the only person that like really went crazy were like the, I guess the EU fans that thought they were gonna get back to the finals. Hey, I'm not saying you couldn't have, but you didn't. And I don't know, it just looked like Fnatic and G2 weren't weren't as strong as they were last year. You know, it, I, I throw no shade at them. Fnatic I'm is just... looking stronger than last year. I I actually think G2 on the other hand looks weaker. Like I, I just didn't see them as strong as they were last year. Like they, to me, they just weren't as strong. I, as I actually want to point out. I think the versatility at which G two actually played the pick and man phase and a lot of other things was probably the best they've ever done. I think this is the strongest in terms of uh, leading up to the draft and their mindset and in, in, in like the way they play the game was probably the most meticulous and most in in terms of just like actually perfect for the meta out of all of them. They just played individually skillfully worse. Maybe not caps 100%, but like Yankos was worse, Perks was worse, Wonder was probably around the same. But the two main aspects of the team were playing substantially worse individually, and that actually just brought down the team in general. But I do want to point out the reason they look so much better in the best of five than I expected them to, because they almost always won the pick, the, 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 uh, pick and ban, and they always 100% knew what to do with their comps. Man, uh, how so much to start with so there's the rumor of nemesis getting replaced on fanatic now the tradition of fanatic mid laners is to get replaced anyway after like two years so that's not surprising to me that he would get replaced i think he would get replaced because like i don't think he's actually progressed since 2019 he you saw the progression in 2019 and then in 2020 people got to factor in during the lec 2020 summer split he wasn't really that good like, I don't know where this, like, random love for him comes from. He, like, I think that's the issue with, like, league content for the players is that fans get super, super attached to players. And it's like, you got to judge the players off their gameplay, you know? I don't really think he played that well overall throughout the year. But at Worlds, you really saw that he was pinching his champion pool. He couldn't be flexible. All he could play was Lucian and Orianna if you Ban those. He was pretty much he's pinched a, into Galio. Probably his best character was Galio by the end. I think Lucian is his he best mechanical. Well, yeah, yeah, but, but that's was... three characters. They never actually banned him out. If you ban him out, you kind of leave the rest of the characters open. Like it, they're, 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 they threw they're a few worth... bans his way because they knew if, if I did that, I don't think they, they were like the point where they pinched him. I just was surprised by how bad his TF was. Like that's just actually insane. Like he's actually just like we see Showmaker over here 
like 1v1 in caps on TF and then he can't even 1v1 in cast minions. It's just actually incredible. <laughs> like, I, I, I don't know. I was a little bit disappointed with Nemesis. I saw, saw a lot of progression, a lot of talent in terms of what he was able to bring to the table in his first year. And it really just never progressed from there. So it's just a little, it, it's a little bit sad. So what ended up happening that I was really surprised is that people were just all on the Sooning hype train. I was like, the, people called this team a dark horse and didn't even think they could even make top four. I'm like, no, people, you're, you're going too crazy here. This is actually a good team. The issue here is the LPL has really good teams, so they look bad by comparison right. to other teams. People, people got to factor this in. It, it blows my mind. So you have Sooning right here. So let's say I have a tier list, right? So if there's two S-tier LPL teams and they're Sooning as an A-tier, that doesn't mean Sooning is worse than everybody else in the other regions because they can't beat, like, IG or top esports, it, like that's just how the LPL is. It's just really, it's I not do, top heavy. Point out, it's just the best teams to stand out. I, I want to point out they, they actually, if if Sooning had came in to Worlds on the form that they were in during the LPL, I feel like they might not have got out of groups. They did not know how to perform at Worlds. I mean, in the LPL, a lot of their problems are actually been have been fixed during Worlds. As so, it's like a if we look at the laning phase and kind of just the overall play of Huang Fong and Sword Art. They actually were a lot worse in the LPL. I think they, during this world, they somehow worked out some kinks or something because, like, Sword Art might be one of the best supports at the entire world's like tournament. We're seeing that. We're seeing Huang Fong playing absolutely incredible. What? Sword Art? The Sword Art purposely almost ran it down in game. Are you game trying four? to tell me that he has not been one of the best supports at this entire tournament? Because I want to know that. Oh, is, is I mean, he's been, a, he's, been, he's been influential. I don't know if he's been good. I mean, like I don't agree been, with you in the slightest. He's been, he's been he's been questionable in a lot of his positioning. Remember that bard? It was a bard game he played. He got caught. He played up an incredibly good. Uh, yeah, but you're talking about consistent cops and catches out, which he, I will agree with. Consistently caught out. The reason that they're able to push the end, like you can you can look at pretty much any of the casters. 100 agree with me too. Sordar is probably a top three to five support at Worlds right now. He's been one of the most influential players in the early game, and the reason they've been able to push the tempo is because of how often he's been affecting the map in the early game. Like his bard play has been actually incredible. As Leona and all of these other characters have just been out of his like, well, and his, Leona was uh, burial, barrel, wasn't it? But still, yeah. like all around, I think he has been one of the better supports. His bard game, and specifically in a what series was it? Was it the uh, GDG game, series? The uh, I was talking about the recent one against the uh, top. Or was saying, game, like, you could, you was could point out two. Point out it was game two. Been, it was game two where he got caught out, and then he gave over dragon to top where he was well, literally in, just, the, in a bad position i think you're, you're pointing out next... individual pieces where so is the overall play their individual like essentially Hi, Tyler. Their, yeah their individual play as a whole has actually drastically drastically increased in my opinion purely because Huang fong and sword art have stepped it up like they they were probably one of the worst lane like if we look at why they got 3-0'd in this in the summer split it was because Huang fong it was because they focused top lane this is what they did Karsa actually completely dumpster top lane by consistently going up there and still Huang Fong and Sword Art lost the lane. And that's how they lost the game is because they now not only got ganked in top lane, but bot lane lost on their own. Like, hmm. the reason they were able to generate gold and all of these things is because not only are they not losing lane anymore, Sword Art is progressive around the, proactive around the map and all these things, and it's allowing them to be able to branch out into other aspects. Like... I don't know if if you can really deny like I don't even know if it's deniable that Sword Art is one of the best supports of the tournament. Like I don't know who would you how many you could really 
like uh, legitimately put above I him. Think, I think honestly, Hillsang performed better than him a good he had, of her games too. I don't agree with that. I think he played a major like he played pretty well this tournament. I do want to point out. But again, I think I, is the beneficiary of his teammates. He's literally you know? the reason he pushes the tempo of this team more than more often than Sword. I'm so SFM is not is again he is he's somebody who reacts more so than anything. If you I would look say at it, SOFM pushes the tempo. He of does not team. push the tempo. He is he's a grazed player. You can't push really push the tempo as a grazed player. He just contests objectives. Like my thing with Sordar is that against Damwon, which we'll preview later, but he is going to get exposed. Like he's, he's all all the problems that Top did not expose against Sordar that I consistently saw are going to get punished. Like him going into the river with that's not no that's force. a mistake. That's not a that's not a consistent thing. When, it, it, it's that when I see him doing these things, these are problems that like top did not punish him like that. The issue I can with top point out as the reason why they lost. They didn't punish almost any Sunni mistakes significantly. Why is Jackie uh, flashing over the wall and healing and he dies? The reason they lost was because at night was just atrocious. The series, like if you look at a lot of his just individual mistakes, skillful, like he actually missed a flash Oriana ult, which is just not something you usually see from like all around. I think Top Esports is individually and as a whole a better team than Sooning. I've, I've loved Sooning since the beginning of the year. I've loved SOFM for five years straight, but they're not. That's, that sounds. That sounds. It's, it's true. Like I love. I love SOFM. He's been. He's been one of my favorite characters. I've watched pretty much every Snake Gaming game, and then Ellen, like the Ellen Gaming. I like I all around that atrocious fucking. LNG bot lane that existed for You're saying like, crap, you know, what, the bot lane is better than what, what, uh, what's it called? The snake ever put together for him. But like all around, <laughs> I think that he's individually, like a as a whole, they are not as good as top esports because the, the problem with this team right now, the only, the only roles where I think they actually went out are support and uh jungle. And I think maybe top in some situations, but again, we saw been pretty much one, most every situational, like one view on, we saw SOFM actually completely dumpstered Carson. That was just incredible. Like SOFM was just my thing Carson. with um my like thing the, with top is that I don't really know none of the beside maybe I don't know it's hard to say the top laners from the LPL didn't impress me as much as I thought they would. I mean they they played pretty what? good. These are, these I, are I, I think Ben has been I think Ben has been what the best top laner at the tournament so far. I think uh, you know I would great. say Naguri's probably still the top one. Like it's it's hard for me to put anybody above him, even though he's not individually looked incredible. I think Bin again has a lot has more probably uh, solo kills, but like at the same time, it's hard. I mean that Jax play that he did in games three and four should be indicators. What's up, Porter? How are you doing, my man? Um, so where do we start out? Like where do we start? Because there's so much in the off season right now. Because if you're not in the world. 2020 championship final you're in off season you're at home you're doing nothing and you're literally looking at a point where if you want to do better next year what do you do do you rebuild do you take a step back and go do i need to build some talent because the issue with let's start with north america so before we get into any of that i want to say oh thanks tyler oh hi adam how you doing man uh, Bjergsen retires for everybody. So the long-standing North American GOAT, Bjergsen has retired. So there, there's going to be some of the, uh, subscribers that I have my main channel over here. They don't know who this is. So Bjergsen essentially is the Michael Jordan of the NALCS. He literally just retired about, what, a day ago? Almost two days ago. So, 
My God, this man has accolades out of the wazoo. Four, four MVPs. He's won about what eight, seven or eight titles. He's won an IEM, which I don't think counts, but hey, it goes towards his legacy. You also had he's the only TSM. Well, he he was part of the only TSM roster that has ever gotten to top eight. That's also an accomplishment in itself. I I don't care if they were auto seated. I don't even care. They're the only. He was part of the only TSM roster to ever get out of group stage. That's also an accomplishment in in it of itself. Um, he's played really well at some of the worlds he's been at. I I think his big standout world championship performance was in 2015, where he was literally just w trying to one v nine against um lgd and origin and what was the other team in there lgd origin and kt rolster and he has been an incredible player he's the one that pioneered uh the lcs to look at import mid laners differently and i personally think that you know no one's really gonna ever have a peak like him unless double retires and double would be technically the kobe bryant of league um Sneaky has accolades, also big like that. Xmithy has accolades, big like that. Outside of Bjergsen, Sneaky, Doublelift, and Xmithy, outside of those those four players, there's not someone with a decorative storied career. I think Jensen would be like your fifth place guy. Jensen, then you throw high in there someplace. Medios, you could probably be in there as like your low in top ten. Paul Belter's kind of in there as well. But other than that, I personally think no one is ever gonna get to the pedigree that Bjergsen was because of not only did he improve the LCS, he also played a style where if you built another team, you had to worry about how am I going to take down Bjergsen? Like, he was constantly eating up bands in the draft phase. He was constantly a threat no matter what champion he was on. There were some splits where obviously he's not the, he wasn't the best. I will debate that until the end of time. Certain splits, he was not the best. But he was the best in offering other things that you didn't get out of other midlands. Because just because he wasn't the best at carrying in certain splits doesn't mean he wasn't best at being supportive. Roaming, he finally would roam around the map. And I was like, this man roaming is atrocious and no one was pointing this out. Oh he my got, god. His roaming was atrocious. His roaming was bad. He That's roamed specific. always at bad timings when he couldn't play off his laners and he it was punished it, for it. That is a reiterated point out of out of people who watch season 8 worlds and consistent, look, season 7 worlds sorry and consistently repeated this thing over and over again and i will never agree with that specific statement they never picked characters that could roam around the map for him in that specific aspect on top of the fact that again a lot of them were early like mid-game skirmishes or, or mid mid like kind of jungle to like river skirmishes that he actually did try and take a part of but they were lost before he got over there like I don't know if I 100%, I don't like the concept of him not roaming as much because, again, most of the mid laners at this point in time had not developed this strategy because it was not a very common thing at this point. Like, the really, it really got perfected during the the, uh, the doing B. But again, we didn't really see too many uh, mid laners start roaming out of their lane until about season eight to nine is when it actually started getting big. For the most part, it was still standardized laning, and then sometimes you'd roam around the map. And if you didn't have TF, you'd kind of still consistently lane and try and push advantages around there if you wanted to try and transfer that into leads like pretty much like transfer that into leads into objectives there were no there were not rift heralds there oh. that many rift heralds there weren't that many dragons that were that influential the stats the bonuses they gave at the early game were not incredible so like i don't i don't want to say that his landing was i mean uh his roaming was atrocious because that was just the, the standardized this is how the game works at this point like again maybe he could have 
But again, I don't think he was worse than the average player, maybe slightly above anyways. But, but now it's time to take away the rose-tinted glasses, so let's not look through nostalgia, people. I personally think, and I'll always think this till League ends, which is never going to end. It's always going to be here, essentially, which is good, because that means I get to create content for it. I think Bjergsen retired because he went 0-6 in the uh, group stage he was at for the 2020 World Championship, because that was the literal first thing he mentioned. Like, if people can't read through context lens of what someone is saying... I mean, I, I, I mean, can't help help you get better either. I really think he retired because of that. I think everybody I really, thinks that. I don't... I it, it depends. That narrative might get thrown out eventually where people would probably just say, oh, yeah, he retired because he had, he had been playing for so long. I mean, Doublelift even said he was going to potentially retire too. Like, Let's I think so. Doublelift, Doublelift said that they had like a 10% win rate in scrims and Sooning blasted them every single time they played. Like, I, I, he said something about, like, them losing in 20 minutes consistently. I'm like, yeah, if you don't... Sooning are pretty much fa- pretty decently fast-paced. If you don't play fast against Sooning... If you can't play fast against Sooning, you're you're hopeless. Because that's, like, a bare minimum of what they do, you know? So, so what are we going to right now? You want, what are we talking I, I, about? I personally think that... Well, I, I just think that Bjergsen retired because the pressure of coming back from a 0-6 group stage would, would, would be too much. And, like, I've always wanted TSM to play a new mid laner. Not because I think Bjergsen's bad. It's because, like, Bjergsen... It's not even being an overbearing voice. I think teams get thrown into this ideology of, oh, I gotta keep this guy because they offer so much. You don't know what anybody else can offer unless you actually try it. I... Like, there's so many rosters throughout the course of League's history that have won world championships, that have played new rosters, probably thinking that they're never gonna actually see success. Let's take a look at um, Fnatic, who consistently swap out their roster a lot, actually, over the course of time and have success at the world championship. They they were pe- they usually replace the weakest member, though. I, th- I think it's really IG a difference. Did it. IG had a lot of teams they replaced and finally I... got it to the point where they I, won I, I a world do want to say... It's it's a little bit different when you're replacing the worst members of your team because like that that makes sense like like it's like reasonable. No one's ever, in my opinion, there's not really too many people that actually. Is there a team that's ever succeeded while replacing the single best player in their team? I don't think single it's really ever player? happened. No, yeah, no I'm just I saying it from the concept of. Well, yeah, it's it. You can go through many roster iterations and find success. Well, I'm just saying without actual context, like these kind of things don't really mean too much. We, replacing the the bare minimum, the worst players on the team is, is is a normal thing to do. It's actually how you improve teams. Replacing the best player, I don't know if it's going to make a, a positive influence. I do think it's going to change the 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 the, uh, the uh, attitude of this team, though. I do I, I do actually think that he is the most overbearing player on the teams in terms of voice. He will not actually the the game is played in a way that Bjergsen wants it to be played. He is the one that decides again when the when the comp is picked. Like what type of player, I mean, champion he picks, which kind of develops what strategy they have to play. They fall off in the mid game because, again, mostly he lanes and they try and play around his laning phase. And when they get to that, he just kind of forces objectives. And I think the reason that I think it's a good choice, even though he's the single best player inside of TSM LCS. and probably one of, in, well, not the LCS, Core JJ is better than him. But uh, like one of the best players inside of the LCS, I think the reason that I think it might be a moderately okay thing to do is because at this point in time, this team needs to know how to play in a way that's not reflective of Bjergsen's idea of how the game needs to be played. And it has nothing... Individually, player, player-wise, they're not going to find anybody better than them. And it's just unfortunate. But uh, at the same time, I think that this might be good for them. They might be able to figure out strategies that don't rely on what can Bjergsen do for us. I'm really hoping that is the direction this team takes. Hmm. So with Bjergsen retiring, I think that... 
though it does leave a big hole in the LCS in terms of mid lane position, it does open the opportunity to something that could be good. I, I think that him retiring could potentially lead towards us finding another player that could be the next big superstar. Now, if you're TSM right now, you're looking at the next big superstar. TSM has only ever had two mid laners. That is crazy. Just like Cloud9 has only ever had two ADCs. That is ridiculous. They've been in the league since for like seven years and they've only had like two people in like the most prominent positions. That's just the crazy thing. You've only ever had Reginald and Bjergsen. That's <laughs> just how crazy it does that sound. Like, it's it's actually like I agree with that. That that's kind of weird. I mean, the reason they never replaced Bjergsen is because like, why would you replace the best player? I, okay, I he probably was actually he guys he was like I, I'm not trying to like suck on Bjergsen's big giant cock, even though I've met him before and I I actually um, really like him. Uh, <laughs> I met him and I really like him. He is my god. If you guys weren't watching back in season five, this man was a monster, like literally a monster. I remember there was a game against like freaking like gravity when they were a team and he just blasted king consistently he would blast anybody that wasn't like jensen yeah. he would blast anybody that wasn't jensen and then jensen also eventually and i in my own personal opinion, he's jensen is better mechanically beers is better that, that is untrue he's I, not I, as good I, I think eventually jensen became a better player but it wasn't over the course of like one split it, it, it took a lot of splits to do it Overall, I think you the breakout split for I'm just saying though, Jensen's breakout split in season six when it was in the spring. He had. I will admit, I think Jensen was better probably one season, and I think uh, that is the, but but the problem. Is that the narrative for Bjergsen is that oh he had bad teammates this season round. Jensen has bad has had bad teammates a lot of in when he was yeah, on the thing nine, about though. it is, but why I why think, does not work for Bjergsen then? I'm not using narratives. That. I'm just going based off play. Oh, not narratives. I'm just saying that when. Bjergsen has worst players, and he gets praised. Jensen has worst players. I don't care about the worst players or anything. I just I just lost Bjergsen, and I lost Jensen. I think mechanically, Bjergsen's always been quite a bit better. I think that Jensen I, actually mastered the art of being able to roam around the map more effectively. It's not even that. I, I, I think Jen, Jensen showed me that he was willing to take a shot for the team. Bjergsen showed me that he was going to play carry no matter what. Jensen was... I would say willing, because it's hard to say if he's willing, because I, I don't know what came up with the strategy. Remember how he would play Zillion? He, he like, spammed Echo when he was good. Like, he played Assassins for, like, a majority of... I don't think he ever really took the backseat. This is actually one problem I have with this new Team Liquid roster, is specifically that aspect of Team... is uh, Jensen is the fact he's never taken the backseat. We'll see if he's actually going to be able to. Oh, because that'll go into our next point. Um, but Is there anything do you want to cover for Bjergsen? I, 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 I think I the head coach... I, I do want to pivot on this. Just because you are a good player doesn't mean you'll be a good coach. I've seen this in the NBA consistently. Yeah, but again, I think that maybe him not him, him viewing the game instead inst when it's in hindsight. I want to point this out. When games are looked at in hindsight, I I could probably make like calls that would like make sense to like an average player. Like when it comes to that, but when I look at it, when I'm in the game, it's a completely different situation. The game becomes substantially harder to play inside of the. Uh, in, inside of a real-time kind of situation, it, you, it becomes, yeah. Bjergsen Beer, kept mentioning that it wasn't due to the zero six world thing, but there's no way that wasn't a factor. Into no one, I don't the think the first it, thing he mentioned. That's the crazy I'm part. Saying, no one actually agrees with that. Everybody knows that's what it's about. He's just being dishonest with us, and no one actually cares. Just let him say whatever he wants to. Yeah, I mean, it's just PR. It's, it's what he got to do. The problem you know? is Parth is still there. I mean, <laughs> I mean, it, it doesn't matter. We could we could talk on Parth for six seasons straight, and nothing is going to change. <laughs> yeah. It's going to be up to them. I'm not going to consistently. Let it be Parth known. 
let it be known, Parth was the general manager of TSM and the head coach. Just let that sink in. TSM is amazing, man. Like, that would never fly on any other team but that team. That Yerkson is ridiculous. carry on world tanks and supports. You know what? I think he played terrible this Worlds. I'm going to agree with that. I think he was just actually atrocious this Worlds. I don't think he really had a good game. So I won't disagree with that. But I don't think that Jensen is better than him just purely off that. I think Jensen was better at Worlds, which will both better for Jensen later I agree. on. I, I agree and with that. better at Worlds is all that people are going to... Are you like, saying consistently or just that specific aspect? That specific um, it's, it's been mostly consistently. Ever, I think he's been terrible at the other Worlds. Outside of the 2019 year he had, I, he's I, I don't think he's ever at, been good against good mid laners. I think this is the first Worlds where I think against specifically like Angel and like Caps and stuff. I don't think he... I don't think he played that poorly. I, agree I with think that. he looks bad in comparison if you put him against the best midlanders, but that would happen well, no, with Beerus good this too. year. I think he looked good this year, like even against Angel and all that stuff, who's actually shown to be one of the better midlanders at Worlds. I think his, his, his Cinder game into him was pretty decent. Like all around, I don't think Jensen has had a bad Worlds. I think he's really he's matched up against one of the be- some of the best midlanders at the World Championships, but at the same time, I think this is the first championship I've really seen him do it when he goes I, against. I, would you call Beerson world class? Because I, I I wouldn't say he's world class. I think when he's playing in an A, I mean I think he he genuinely was playing at a, a standard that would have been world class if he had played it at, to this extent when he came to Worlds. Like as much people want to say like out of reactionary without context again, I think a lot of these things can say well he came up against better competition when in reality I think a lot of the midlanders that he actually faced what? weren't playing that well. I love how people use that. That is, I he kept against better competition. No shit, he's going to worlds. Yeah. Like, I just that's think that's not the only that. factor. I think that's one one de- decent factor. But I think he really did get into his own head. As much as people don't want to say it, this is not like a lot of them were just missed mechanical executions that I was. Oh my not, god, those LeBlanc cues we had to watch just, live. It was, it was oh the my god, mostly like he he used the incorrect combo. He used he uh, w. W R uh, E Q instead of W R like W Q R E or W R uh, E Q like mm-hmm. it, it was um it was uh, again he was waiting for the uh, well no no Q E because instead if you use the first part of E in, instead of I'm using it before it's not where the if you use the the chain holds them right yeah the chain holds them but I'm saying okay. if you use the Q after the E because again he's doing inert so we can't wait for the full duration you won't ever pop the Q. Like, I, I know he knows that. He was never able to actually proc the Q in that entire situation. But again, I think it really got into his, his nerves. He was trying to really bring the game back, and it really became a bad situation for them. It really spiraled downhill, and it, it's just unfortunate that he got to that point where he just never was able to bounce back fully. Hmm. For me, I just think that um, NA was never a place you could really see Bjergsen thrive, only outside of just a domestic sense. Like, I always wondered, like, if he was actually in Europe, how much better he could have gotten and where he could have went to internationally if he just stayed in Europe. Because a lot of people said, or they, this came up on, like, forums and, like, Reddit and, and, and like, like, some analysts. They're like, what if he stayed in Europe and he went to teams like Fnatic, G2, Origin? Could he have actually gone to Worlds and did really well with better teammates around him? That's something I mean, that he, he'll have to think about, you know, throughout his career. But I think, personally... He should have stayed with stayed with TSM for a few years and then went back to Europe. Honestly, Not I mean it's just all down financially. I think he's substantially better than out, well out, outside of financially. If he was financially, he's probably about, the only thing that he cares about at this point. Like who cares? Like honestly, if you're playing in in, in a professional aspect and you're will and you're going to make millions of dollars on TSM or you're going to make 
hundreds of thousands in Europe, where would you go? I, I don't blame him in the slightest. It's it's 100%. As much as people want to say it, no one would pass up this amount of money. That's a lot I of financial security. It's, it's, a ma- it's a massive amount of money. But and he again, has a that's family. Just, they're they're set for life. I, I think if he's looking at it from a family sense, eventually, I think that's fine. That's fine. Overall. I mean, he's he's had a family. He's been the dad to pretty much every single one of the junglers inside of this TSM <laughs> roster we've ever had. Just a bad one. Uh, but that's how I think it is. I think that personally, once he was established that he was a good mid laner here, he could have went back to Europe and been at actually pretty good, make the playoffs, potentially made worlds, and actually had a shot at international success because he just wanted to get out of group stage past the 2014 world championship and he never did and i felt so bad for him because literally people don't remember this in 2017 world championship he could have got out of the group stage if they took down flash wolves who were literally they they were winless as well they were winless if they had beat flash wolves they would have got out of the group because misfits later on lost to team world elite who later on would not have had to play a tiebreaker because they obviously beat Misfits in the head-to-head, and that's what led to Misfits playing TSM because of lots of flash rolls. They, they were so close. They were one. They, had, they dropped the game to the worst team in the group, and that screwed them over out of getting out of the group stage. Just like Team Liquid this year against Machi. I mean, it just yeah. happened. If you drop a game against a bad team, that is 100% on you. A good team won't usually drop many consistent games, especially in a in a, in a, in a do-or-die kind of game like this. Alliance is so frustrating because they had so much talent on that they team. They perfect-gamed a Korean team. That's what's crazy. I'm just saying they, they had so much talent on that team, and they 100% choked it away. They should not have ever lost. It's just... It's it's just embarrassing, mostly. Like I'm it's just so really surprised. Because some people have asked, asked me, do I think that Cloud9 could have beaten Alliance if they had a tiebreaker if Alliance didn't beat Kaboom? I mean, I don't know. They, they, they were actually pretty evenly matched in their games. I mean, it, it could literally go either way. Uh, Licorice on TSM, he would probably blow his brains out. He I would... mean, they have Broken Blade right now, and I really don't They're think they need... They're thinking about giving Broken Blade to Golden Guardians, actually. Giving him? Trading just him. Just giving? Or, like, you know, they think about opting into oh they're gonna get give him broken blade and they're gonna take let's let's just take who he buy licorice buy licorice's contract from cloud nine well just at this point in time where does what does cloud nine have they don't have a top laner now like they're are they keep fun. oh wait no they're i forgot they got a new one yeah they got what's fudge. his name they got fudge like so yeah why would because you i to... thought i personally thought that team liquid would get licorice licorice is perfect for them literally yeah, but, but you know who else is perfect kind of yeah Oh, SFM? Oh, SFM's um, definitely perfect for them. No, you know what? J- Jensen was throwing some shade from, like, all the recent reports. He was like, I want to play with the stronger jungler. <laughs> it's not really shade. I, I mean, love Jensen so much. <laughs> it's not shade in the slightest. Broxo I mean, was weak. Broxo was a weak jungler. Broxo, I mean, Broxo was a, strong, a stronger jungler is definitely the, the kind of situation he really deserved. I mean, he played really well. They're just like in a meta that's kind of shifting dynamically around how fast the jungler can push the tempo of the game. He really didn't have an influence. Core JJ was the most impact. He ganked more than anybody else combined on the team. Oh, right. So a lot of people said, why would... Because, okay, so Alfari had um, a lot of bidding offers. And then it was between Team Liquid, Rogue, and Fnatic. Now, Fnatic fans, if you're watching this... Fnatic wanted to replace Butpo. I don't want to hear about some narrative BS content shit you're going to throw me. They were trying to replace this guy. Except Alfari didn't want to... Yeah, no, did you hear why they stopped? Why? The reason they stopped is because after his 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 performance at Worlds, they stopped going after Alfari after that. 
I mean, they stopped, is, they stopped pursuing Alfari once uh, Blipo performed on the stage. But how like, you know, gonna like Blipo is gonna read that and go, man, they actually try to replace me. Yeah, but you know what? That also says, they, man, I performed to the standard where they thought they they shouldn't replace me just because I played so well at Worlds. That's, that's but a good but thing he to look was at. thought to have gotten replaced before that though. That that's the pivot to that is that if he did not perform very well, he'd be out of the team. That is just. I don't know. That would probably make me feel low-key kind of... Like, I, I don't know. It's not bad. But it's just like, they were trying to replace him. That was... Yeah. I don't yeah. disagree with that. I think... You know what? Are, are we are we starting to talk on Alfari? Because I actually, I actually yeah, did kind of so, get some points together for this specific aspect. Okay. Alright, guys. Bjergsen, retirement. Uh, glad to have met you, man. When I go to the... When we finally can go back to the LCS, I can't wait to, you know, get a picture with you and talk to you again and talk to you about being a coach. All right, so let's do this. Alfari is now on Team Liquid, essentially, because nothing can actually be officially put out there until the offseason. The offseason technically doesn't start until November 17th. That's what it's always been. But teams right now are obviously going through all the you know processes of negotiation, seeing who can bid, what rosters they want to obviously have. And let me bring it up right here. Share screen. There you go. Jacob Wolf, if you guys don't follow him, make sure you follow him for all your reports. Sources at Team Liquid are nearing a multi-year deal with four, with former Origin top laner at Alfari that is worth more than $1 million per year. And what's really interesting in this article is it also says that Team Liquid are interested in grabbing Santorin from FlyQuest, actually. I don't like that. I like that because I that's think better Santorin than He's not. Yeah, I do think changing the roster up is begin. The 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 amount at which he pushes the pace of the game is actually objectively like, objectively not that fast paced. We saw him get outpaced by a lot of like when it came to actually getting outpaced by ganking junglers, he 100% got demolished. Every time a gank a jungler is focused centralized around ganking, he is always behind the pace. The only thing he actually does is focus centralized around objective like, dragging. <laughs> right, saying, yeah. one million a year. Na and o yeah. Na and overpaying players. They have a more iconic duo than that. <laughs> he's just he's, he's an objective based only jungler, and I don't think that's a hundred percent that good for uh, what's it called again. He has his, his his eventual what's it called, but again, we can look at a few series inside of in FlyQuest where they looked at like TSM inside against TSM in the first spring split. He had zero ganks that weren't uh, initiated by uh, by uh, Ignar. Like mm -hmm. I, I think that that's a big problem I have with uh, this team specific. I mean, Santorin specifically, is the fact that I again, I mean, Core JG would initiate a lot of the stuff. Maybe that does actually cover up a lot of his flaws. But again, this is he, he's fast paced in terms of just actually objective based kind of control in comparison to actually ganking, and that's one big problem I have. Like if we like again against TSM versus uh, what's it called? He was he was down like eight eight to nine ganks in comparison to his zero. That we're actually still on that I am, because this is a consistent thing that he has a problem with. If you ever look at him against ganking junglers, he's always I behind this up a lot. That's why I can't have Centaurin over other ganking junglers because Centaurin just ne ganking. I think it doesn't exist in his category. It's, it's, it's not like he never does it. But he he never does it without another person there. Usually, it's not like it, and he it, only it really ever ganks for the mid laners. Like yeah, just, that's why Jensen wants him because he knows that Jensen, this team, will play if they get Alfari, cannot have him ganking mid ever. Mid cannot ever get ganked with this team, and there's a very big reason as to why this should happen. I think so, right now, with the amount of resources you're going to have to funnel into both. Uh, Core JG, who's going to be the most interactive person, which means you're going to have to focus bot a lot, and you're going to have the single most dominant kind of lane-focused top laner 
not weak side at all top leaner inside of alfari like what, what what options do you have at this point you're gonna have to send you're gonna have to focus a lot of ganks up there if we look at uh if you want to see a few of uh, alfari's stats right now right now if you compare you your screen you show your screen my screen yeah i mean i i have it on a notepad i mean i guess i could do that okay that's fine it's, i'm just saying if we look at this right now we look at the the uh the kill participation Impact had the 11th kill participation inside of all the NALCS. Where uh -huh. so is Alfari had the second most inside of the, uh, in the what's it called? Even though, again, their win rate's not great. His damage share, in terms of just how much damage he outpushed in comparison to the rest of his team, was the highest out of every single top laner in the EU LCS. Where so is Impact had the seventh. Again, a lot of these things don't 100% matter, but CS differential, Impact is usually down one CS. And he's he's like the eighth best worso is Alfari is the top top laning uh, top laner inside of the LCS with positive eighteen uh, CS up on his laner in pretty much consistent games. Like I think one big problem I have with actually using like ganking mid at this point is now you have a high priority top laner who is again it was subjected to the single most first bloods. He was the he was the highest first blood victim in all the the EU scene. In comparison to Impact, who never got ganked at all, he was one of the lowest priority top laners. A lot of the junglers are going to start prioritizing top laner, like kind of focused. And if you don't start going up there to try and help him, he's going to fall behind. He's not going to be playing weak side because he's a carry oriented jungler. Like if we've seen him on Malphite for the specific cannon matchup that he thinks is good for some reason. But for the most part, we're going to see a lot of situations where they're going to have to focus top side and bot side, obviously, with Core JJ and Tactical. Jensen is going to have to take the backseat this season because they can't focus Jenks for him at this point. He's going to have to play. Uh, team-oriented mid laners. He can't really get as much resources because resources are going to be funneled into the ADC, which is the main por portion of this team. And Alfari now, who's going to be hogging up a lot of resources, there's going to be a lot less resources available for Jensen at this point. And I really don't know how that's going to impact his play. I really have never seen him as not the number one player on his team. Sometimes you could say he was 1B to double it, but I really don't agree with that. Like we've, He's only played with weak side top laners ever. Like, it's, it's just always been the case. So, this is what all also was said. Liquid has interest in FlyQuest jungler Santorin, sources said. Santorin will become a free agent on November 16th, but as of Sunday, he has not been given permission by FlyQuest to speak to other teams. Prior to that date, he and Team Liquid Management have not spoken as of Sunday. Uh, Jensen, let's see, li, li, yeah, Jensen was a big, as a alluded to, Jensen's voice has been integral to Liquid's free agent desires as he wanted Alfari to join the team and is pushing for a stronger jungler who he can trust. Because if you see how FlyQuest plays, Santorin is really dedicated to playing towards mid if he knows he has a stronger mid laner. That's really crazy. He'll have played with all the best mids, Powerful, Bjergsen, and <laughs> Jensen. That's crazy. I mean, all around, I'm just, I, I, I don't know if this specific aspects kind of fix their problems because they're, they're again, this is what, this is what Alfari opens up for this team. Because they had an impact before, they couldn't play any carry into carry oriented junglers. So that's why we saw the pace of Team Liquid actually shift kind of slower. Because with only tank junglers, you can't have a solid 1-3-1 comp because tanks really don't succeed at that that much. But with Alfari coming in the team, this really opens up, like, kind of broadens the team's abilities at this point because they can play a lot more 1-3-1 one, one comps. With 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 uh, Alfari being very lane dominant and being able to play carries, they're going to be able to play 1-3-1 one, one comps. They won't be pushed into comps that scale towards the late game and stuff because, again, with tanks in the top lane, you can't really focus. There's no reason to focus on early game skirmishes because you can really 
centralize your, your fo focus on the late game because you're always going to have that damage threat, that engage threat from the top lane. Now they can shift it towards we have the ability to put that, plus we have the ability to play uh, one through one comps. And that's really going to open up a lot, but they won't be able to play that if they have a slow-paced jungler. And they will have a slow, and if they have a slow-paced jungler who's focused, or, or a moderately fast-paced jungler who's only focused on mid lane, Alfari's going to fall behind because there's going to be a massive amount of resources thrown at him to try and put him back behind. Like, I really But is don't that know no how... different from Xerxes? Xerxes was permanently weak side just like Santorin. He barely ganked either. Yeah, that's why they lost so much. What? <laughs> that's why they had a 30% literally. He was the highest first blood victim in the entire league. Like, it, it shifted drastically from the first split. Like, it, it's really the big reason as to why they started losing is because everybody's like, wait, everybody else on this team sucks. Why are we not focusing Alfari? Hmm. Fixed Team Liquid's main issue? I mean, I actually... It, it really opens up. It fixes one issue is that they I, can play carries more consistently. That's the no, like no, no. issue they, they can I think fix. this is the one big thing. Like, again, they, they are able to play faster pace because with ability, you, you are not forced to scale once you can be, once you're able to have a carry side top laner because you can, with, with one through one comps, they actually come online a lot faster. I do but actually Santorin think this is slow pace. Like, it's not even, even in the fly quest games they had at Worlds. That when they were in the games with Dragon X and Top, he was perennially getting outpaced by other slower-paced junglers. I, I don't kidding. think he's no, they weren't because it was Karsa and Piosik. Like, Piosik was really fast-paced this season. Piosik, like, um, who else was it? Um, Unicorns of Love jungler. I always forget his name. An attic. He he was pretty fast, all things considered. He he just had shitty laners. Other than that, like TL's issue is being a slow team, right? So. Why do you bring another slow-paced jungler? If you want a faster-paced jungler, why not just buy Blabber from Cloud9? Then, if you really want a faster-paced jungler, you can get Blabber. That's I do want to point out, jungler, right? might force a lot of skirmishes, which is one aspect I could think of that could make this a positive influence. But again, I do think he's going to focus on mid ganks. I really think this is going to be bad for them, specifically because of that aspect. Because again, Alfari has to win without getting ganked by junglers, but which is going to inevitably happen because he's going to be so. He's not going to be on a carry. You put him behind, you're able to win off that. I think this is inevitably going to be kind of a weird situation where Team Liquid is going to have to find its footing in the beginning of the year. But they have a massive amount of talent on this team. Like There are so many good players on this team. Now it's just incredible. Like I think that's one of the best aspects of this team is how good all of these players can play individually. Like Every single one of these team players, top lane is probably the best at his position in the league. Mid laner is arguably the best player position at his, in his, like, at his position in the league. The, the uh, ADC a top two ADC in the league. And then we have the best player in the league in support. Like if we, if it, like the big thing about it, the big question mark for this team, who's going to decide the identity for this team is who is the jungler? Like one through one comp again, comes on the line earlier, but why does it matter if your carries put behind, not only do you not scale now, but you don't have a good one through one comp to kind of put you back on the line. Like, the, the problem the that Broxa, brought up consistently with Team Liquid's gameplay was they were not proactive. Santorin, and though I do think he's gotten better over the years in terms of his issues, he's not exactly proactive. He's proactive based off the champions you give him. He's very champion-dependent on which proactivity they base their comp around. So, what was the game against Sooning where they had where they level 1 invaded? That's a proactive comp because if you don't do that, you are literally going to lose. But 
what about all the other games where they don't do that? Like, people got to factor this in. The games they lost week one where they were not being proactive enough. The games they won week two. Why did they win the games week two? Because they were being proactive. You see the difference there? I don't think Santorin is going to be the fix to that. They want a consistent thing where they're playing faster. I I think I'm going to point out the meta of this world right now. If you look at all the successful teams, we look at we look at Damon Barrel was pretty much the one that pushed the pace of the team in his in his uh, uh, Leona game and all this stuff. If we look at if we look at a Sword Art, I mean, uh, Suning, their Sword Art has come online drastically. And they've actually started pushing a lot faster tempo. If we look at Team Liquid, they were able to be able to be proactive around the map because Core JJ really did make things happen in the early game. Was able to make this team pretty solid. If we look at Mickey X on G two, he was the single reason as to why they were able to win a lot of their games in group stages. Like one of the most interesting games to me is still Team Liquid versus uh, G two when they were bad. It was just a battle between supports and who could carry harder. Like I, I think support is the single most integral like aspect of league right now it's the most important aspect and that's like i'm not going to blame santorin for getting carried by ignar because i think that's just the state of the game right now but at the same time like how much credit can you actually give to santorin because a lot of his ganks are preemptively um set up by ignar where so it's it's more so if it's not ignar doing anything he's going to just kind of hover around dragon and help him there i just don't think that santorin really fixed the core issue of them being a slow team i I think he just makes them a mildly better team. He makes them again. Skirmishes are more likely to happen because again, he's he's more proactive when it comes to securing objectives, and that's one mm-hmm. thing that can start fights. That is the only thing I can think of. He really is something like that is going to slightly make him faster pace, and they have a better top lane right now. But it, I thought I worked this. Hmm. Well, I know what you're saying. Like I I agree with like, it. Is he that much of an upgrade over Broxa? I do. That's I do kind of the bigger thing. Yeah. Team fight first. I think that's one of the main aspects I did like about Broxa is that he was always hovering instead of using, like trying to DPS, like he kind of played Graves as a backline carry peeler, which was kind of weird. He, he'd like hover around his ADC and then he'd smoke screen and auto attack whoever's on the ADC. And that's kind of how you play him. But like, if you look at like SOVM, SOVM's diving the backline like pushing everything like perfect like frame perfect flash i mean auto attack resetting with his e like you don't see that at a centaur i mean a brox but at the same time he played him to a capable extent and it really but was useful to the, this team the, the general point of wanting to build your team for the next season for everyone who's maybe this is your first season watching maybe maybe this is um the point of upgrading a roster is to fix issues you previously uh, had the in, in in the year you're currently competing in i think this year Team Liquid uh, players have been very open that they want to play a faster gameplay. Literally like Cloud9 was back in um, the LCS 2020 Spring Split. Like, they wanted to be fast-paced just like Cloud9 were. And they really never, ever hit that. There were, there were moments where you saw it, yeah, but that's going to be an anomaly where, like, everyone keeps bringing up the Broxa game where he had no ganks. Oh, my God. It was 0-0 zero, zero and, like, 1 or something like that. It was 0-0-0 zero, zero, zero <laughs> until they started ending the game. He actually went inside of a team fight, was inside of their team. The team fight ends. The entire enemy team's dead. He still doesn't have an assist. He, and he I was don't like, know how he almost had full health, too. I just, I, I don't get it. I think his team fight's pretty pretty decently good. But at the same time, like, he, he really didn't do anything. Like, Broxa really fell off a, off a cliff last year. And it really carried over into this year because I think he's even worse than last year. Like, I don't want to trash Broxa too much. I really, as a person, he's incredible. He's a really nice person. I think his mentality as a leader, probably, or maybe not that, or just his, his positive influence on the team is really what made them be able to bounce back from their, their uh, kind of, 
poor start at the beginning of the season. Like, you really don't see too many teams bounce back pretty well from an 0-2 start. It doesn't happen very often. Like, I think that I really – and he's one of the – he was he was part of that 0-3 uh, Fnatic team, too. That's, that's something I got to give him credit for. He did start out on that team, too. So, like, I think he's been a part of a lot of underachieving teams and make them – Made them be able, like maybe it wasn't him specifically. So he's like pole belter he, for junglers. He no, doesn't he's make just, better teams better. He's right? a positive influence on on attitudes, I would say, and that's always something as a mental fake focused team. We could see teams like Gen G mentally collapse when they start losing. You there's a whole documentary on what happened inside of the Spring Split playoffs when they got behind. They mentally imploded, and all these things being said like to the other players. They didn't have a leader on that team, and that's one of the big problems that I think might pop up in this team now. I don't know if he was the leader, but I do think this might be an aspect that we not we need to watch out for. Um, but Jensen said he wanted a stronger jungler. Now, I mean, if you're looking at stronger junglers, uh, it's hard I to think, say. Maybe Sven Skarin. I think Sven Skarin would have been a perfect addition to the team. I think I'm gonna be honest. I think Jat was a really good addition to this team this year. I think one of the best one of the best coaching staff moves has been Jat. I think all around I agree with that though. Like I think they they've been playing slow for such a long time. There must be some common thread. But I mean at this like they've been yeah yeah I agree. It, 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 there's a common thread, and I think there is some aspect of environmental thing. I don't want to put it on Jat because when he made he made a very positive influence when he came in, but there is still some similarities between each some like there's been there's been coaching staff changes too. So, like from my knowledge, what, what, the, what was the coaches from? Season? They moved that one guy to the anal, head analyst or something like that, and yeah. Jat was head coach. I, I forgot his name. Yeah. I'm just like, saying, like I agree with it. They're, they're slow paced, and it's very been a very common thing for this team since all these years. But I think that they've really made positive strides in the right direction this year. Specifically, bring back Dardoch, a... I mean, I will always say, like, as much as Dardoch is actually atrocious in decision-making in mid-game, his early-game presence is, is undeniably fast-paced. That's why he's on Dignitas. He can rot there for all I care. Just, just do whatever I don't know. you want. Fast-paced junglers or something, he might, he might die ten times after the first three games, but at the same time, he will also... What? At least ganked ten times. So that's you know what? One. If he if you die ten times, no, look at it, like, imagine dying that. against SOFM ten times and you're not getting blasted consistently. No, S- he's not as good as SOFM. He just, <laughs> like, SOFM is just better than whatever. No, because like if they want a faster paced jungler, why not just get Svens? If it's open, obviously they're, they're, all all these teams that they say these I contracts agree with that. are. Since like, Garen is probably a better addition to this team. As much as I don't think he played extremely well last year, I still, still I think, think Garen's better with Jensen and Alfari because he, okay, you factor in this, and people always say these things. It doesn't really matter in the contents of esports because contracts can be traded, but money doesn't matter. What I'm saying is that if you want a faster paced team and a faster paced jungler, the last option I would have is Santorin. I'm just saying. I wouldn't say the last. I mean. Wasn't Kane the head coach for most of it? Yeah, was, I mean, it is, yeah, it was Kane. Yeah, that that that's Kane, Kane obviously has a bad mentality towards league, and I'll agree with that. I mean, I think their fastest paced rosters were like five and six, and that really kind of fell apart once they got rid of the fastest paced players on that team. Like all around, I mean, I I don't I don't know what actually is going to be the solution to this team. Garen, Bla- even Blabber, if Cloud9 were willing to give him, hey, Blabber might be the aggressive player you need, but then again, you have to factor in other things down the line when you have Blabber, Svenskaren, um, other junglers I can think of. Dardoch, they're not going to take Dardoch again. That's just ridiculous. Um, 
Exmithy, no, they already, they've already had him. Uh, closer, if you want a closer, hey, he's pretty because good. You're taking who who is probably one of the most anticipated rosters coming into next season and trying to take their best player as like you know we need a jungler, just give him to us. But They're it won't gonna... matter because they have imports, right? Because they would have no. They just now. got no. F FBI is no longer an import. No, no, no. no. For Team Liquid, they oh, you're talking about Team Liquid. Yeah, they yeah. Get so they like there's, I, I I would have personally, if you want to go for a jungler, I would just go for Sven Sven Skarin over Sven Skarin. Sven Skarin's still an import, isn't that? Is he an import still? If he's, still he's in... not, then that's what I would have went for. But if he is, then obviously no. But Centaur's not a player that's going to make your team faster. He literally is like a stabilizer. He's not. He so again, I want to point out he is. He's very. He's proactive in making objectives kind of beyond. Like if you look at a lot of their games, if you look at a lot of the the the, uh, the uh, games inside of the uh, LCS specifically, he always has. The leading, like he, he's always on top of dragon control and all that stuff, and I'll give him credit for that. What I don't give him credit for is, I again, I think object. I mean, uh, ganking is a very large majority of why teams again, you you focus ganks either on top sides. So once you get to mid game team fights, even if you give out the first two drags, you got a lot of gold from the rift heralds, or you gank bot side and try and get pro early proactive control of the dragons in the early part of the game. Like he doesn't really do either one of those. He kind of just goes for the dragons if the enemy team shows on the other side of the map or he tries to trade rift herald for dragon and i don't know how good of an ideology that is but um i mean i i like team liquid right now i really like this roster even with the addition of santorin i think all around every single roster move they made was an upgrade oh my god so cloud nine let go of inori as their uh lcs academy jungler they just tweeted us like nine minutes ago so inori hey he might have a team he'll be on which would be <laughs> yeah, cool. he'll be on the bench of somebody's team oh my god we saw him <laughs> yeah he had his chance okay so inori this is live right now you guys are getting the c9 uh nori cloud nine and i agree to part ways and i will now be entering free agency my time there was amazing i learned so much about my uh role my coach uh ro and i'm thankful for him and everyone else on cloud nine i'm looking for lcs slash academy offers i have a lot of drive and, mo and motivation and a lot to give i mean he might be a better jungler than other some of the people that i'm not thinking i just i know i've seen inori has had a few chances on the lcs stage maybe not too much but like i don't know man i i don't I don't think so. I, I really don't think he's the solution to anybody's problems. I mean, I, I, I thought Mike Young was like the next thing at some point. I was like, man, this guy knows what he's doing. But he did not, he did not know I was saying, it's not fair that other players get 30,000 chances like Golden Glue. Yeah, but he had like two. Yeah, Golden Glue actually had glimpses of, wow, this guy. Like, the thing about Golden Glue, everybody was like, wow, he's the, my favorite player to ever play with. And you have glimpses of like him in the academy scene where he pops off drastically. Like, Inori, has Inori had any of those? He's, he's not, I've never heard anybody saying, man, Inori's my favorite player to play with, and I, I really don't think I've ever seen a highlight clip of him. Like, I, I, I think just know. the difference. We're judging these highlight clips now? What, what are we, I'm just five? saying, like, that's, okay, let's, let's calm down a little bit with that. <laughs> I just, that that's one of the big things. Gloom has actually improved compared, no, he is 100% good right now. Like, just he is an average player, and that is better than you could ever say. Maybe even slightly above average. You don't know. No, he was like the eighth best mid laner. So, Xmithy is going to be a free agent as well. That's interesting. If Xmithy will not be playing on Immortals for this year, they want to rebrand. And that guy, Giliotto, who was the head coach for Origin, Shalka, will be the head coach for Immortals, actually. I think it's going to be a free agent. Immortals, Giliotto. Who's the head coach for who? 
Immor- Gilioto is going to be Immortals head coach. Wait, what team was he from again? He head coached Origin, remember? Oh, that's terrible. <laughs> Chris Davis says, how's the dynamic Tark one trick uh, and multi-role and multi-role players doing? <sighs> Man, a lot actually. But Xmithy actually being a Which free NBA agent. Player NBA and M- NFL MLB or NHL players similar to Golden Glue. He's like James um, Harden. No, he is not like James Harden. (laughs) He's like Jeremy. I would say Jeremy Lin. Jeremy Lin is always positively talked to on a lot of the players. And when you put him in a role position, he actually plays pretty well when you're not focused on him. He had glimpses back in the day of when he was actually incredible. But now at this point in time, he's like not having a team because, again, he's really not putting up incredible numbers. But actually, he's getting talked to right now about being brought back into this, this system. Like, I think that's an identical comparison. Um. So the patch notes just came out. There's like Sejuani buffs. Se- like Sejuani needs buffs. Like she's never gonna be good, even with these buffs, until they reduce the cooldown on her Q. Like she's actually atrocious right now. Like I think that's one of the biggest problems I have with this this, this kind of situation. Uh, Sejuani's in is that she can never be a top laner. Obviously, first off, with the ability of her Q being a 20 second cooldown. So that's just uh, kind of gonna narrow her down to the jungle role. And on top of the fact that she's just not. Says so she needs buff to be on. I need she needs a Q buff, and I always am gonna stress that that needs to, yeah, that that is hundred percent what she needs. I think the CDR CD on her Q is a little bit long. I think her passive is pretty decent. Like again, I think I like the resistances in it. You have to actually hit her once, or she's gonna have like a million eight like armor and stuff. Instead of and and Mumo ult stuns now instead of snare disarms. Like it was really no difference. Like everybody know everybody like it. Rarely anybody took advantage of that in like the lowest deload, so it doesn't really matter. All right. So, what do you think about Xmithy being a free agent? I mean, I, I don't think... know. That's not bad. I mean, I but don't I... know if it's going to make a difference at this point. I mean, who's going to really pick him up? I mean, he has yeah. a few. He played moderately well. I mean, he's better than Broxa. He's better than Spicket for most of the year. He's imagine, replacing, imagine replacing Xmithy, and then he plays better than Broxa. I mean, I think a good a good team that would have Xmithy. I mean, I don't know. I, I mean, don't know. Who would you pick up? CLG. <laughs> CLG. I mean, it would be better for CLG. I agree with that. <laughs> oh god, I don't know. Like, you have lots of good free agents in this offseason. You have Xmithy. I, I think she was better than Broxa this year specifically because Broxa, Broxa is a free agent too. If they're no, going to be in the I think just my my version of what he like brock's actually pushed to the table it was actually 100 like i don't know i mean i i really have never seen like brock's that have an impact in the early game comparison to impact i mean uh uh what's it called Xmithy, who, who really didn't have an impact either but was a lot more proactive like brock's only have a one-year contract i don't know actually i, I don't think he did idea. yeah i don't know i think I, he did yeah because the issue here is where would Broxa go? He said he's not – he said he's open to the idea of playing in North America. Where is he going to go? Does he go on TSM? TSM Broxa? That would be so bad. <laughs> like, <laughs> so like, I don't know what to do with TSM either. Like, the rumors uh, for today is nothing's happened so far except the Fnatic um, – um, rumors which were here's what was said it, it, it was the sheep guy lec wulo he's not exactly 
He's not exactly hundred percent confirmed, but you know it's just always nice to have these kind of people around that are saying rumors, but always take these things with a grain of salt. So here is the fanatic rumor that was updated. Update on fanatic rumors: Hillsong plus Bwipo staying in addition to Selfmade plus Reckless is absolute priority for fanatic. Mid lane change is almost guaranteed. Then he came up with a following tweet. Bwipo is less likely leaving than Hillisang since Hillisang's contract is running out. Apparently, some teams in EU and NA are ready to make big offers to Hillisang. Lastly, it's rumored that Fnatic would have only replaced Bwipo if it was for Alfari. So, look, so mid lane change is almost guaranteed from what this person says. And Hillisang's contract is out, but... You also can factor in he'll he'll most likely just stay because it's a priority on Fnatic on locking down I don't Whippo, know. Hill is saying self-made and reckless. I think the only self-made problem self-made is obviously staying. I mean, I think the big problem, the reason that self-made got onto this team is because of Nemesis, I want to point out. I mean, I think they were they were like best friends or something, and Nemesis got on them. So I don't know what impact that's gonna have on this team now. Bro, that best friend thing did not reflect in their actual game. No, well, you know what? It doesn't all. matter. The reason he's on this team is because it's self-made. I mean, he made a very big push to get self-made on the team. We're hyper trash. I don't. I mean, yeah. I mean, like you. It, it's not really necessary. Oh, limit. oh my god, limit and trick were so. Bad. It's just there, there weren't really too many good. Like I didn't really like the reason. Like at this point in time, you have so much talent inside of the EU master scene. Why do you need to bring back trick? What is the reason for this? Like what? It, what it, consistently getting new ro- like rosters like day in and day out? It didn't make any sense to me. Like, I don't know. I I don't really have too much problems with like a trick with, like back when he was good. But I mean, obviously, it's been years since that was the case, and it's just he's never made drastic steps to make like actually get back to that point. So I don't really think it's a, a necessary thing to consistently make give him what's it called roster points. Like you have so much talent to be able to get, but at the same time, maybe they need a veteran leadership because. And everybody at EU's Masters. I mean, I'm just saying, like, he literally didn't have a reason to be on a team. There was no there was no reason. Like, Trick is just somebody that is a, re- a residual kind of player left over from, like, the, the old previous meta of Jungle. And he hasn't really translated into this version of it. Like, I don't I don't see why you'd bring him over. Like, you're not going to get the old Trick because the old Perks, Trick wouldn't have succeeded Perks, in this one either. Perks um, puts a lot of good words out for Trick usually when he talks about him. He says Perks, uh, Tricks is a... Trick is super underrated by a lot of people, and he said he actually provides a lot. But I mean, I, mean, I, I don't know. Perks is a better player than me, so I mean, I won't, he won some championships with them. So I mean, I can't really say otherwise. But you know, um, I don't, I don't know. I don't know, honestly. Damn, I'm I'm not gonna lie though, guys. The Tigress actually looks pretty hot. But shut up. Oh my god, dude. Like I'll, like I think the biggest the biggest roster moves obviously were Bjergsen kind of leaving a big hole in the identity of TSM Fnatic, and then Fnatic potentially uh I don't care about them as like they're gonna all, be, all, all, honestly Fnatic always change change out their mid laners. I don't know why this is such a new thing. It's not a new know? thing. No one's surprised by it. I mean um, I think a big thing like get a new mid laner if it works out if he's not as good as Nemesis, you obviously still have Nemesis on the back throw so you can put him back in. I mean, it's not even that. Like they want someone after. like Caps again. It's like they want someone like Caps, but that's not. That's an anomaly. It's not always going to happen, though. You you know what? The, 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 I can point out a few things. It was like a, a mystique back in like two seasons ago when he got replaced by what's his name again and didn't get to get oh, his spot back. Oh, like, he got 60, replaced. You know, by like he was destroying everybody. He like turned this team around. Everybody's like, this is the best support in EU, and then he never played again this season, and I never understood why. 
Like, I, I, I want to know, was there, were there, were there some sort of inner turmoil between the two Mystique's, players? I heard Mystique is actually going to be on Astralis. I'd like that. I do think he played really well in the, in the points that he was actually playing in. Um, Astralis support. No, that team is still trash. It doesn't matter. Hmm. So they have, they have, who is it again? That team was just full of a lot of rejects from the, the previous, like, rosters that actually didn't <laughs> succeed. I don't know why you want to pick. Like, even putting Mystiques in this is just going to reduce credibility as a player. Let's go. So you have Peter Dunn as a free agent. Dan Dan is a free agent for Misfits, and Mad Lions has Peter Dunn. Deficio has moved to Astralis. Uh, I don't know. Destiny? Oh, yeah, Destiny's a free agent. Okay, okay. Des no, mm. I don't want to make this comparison of FlyQuest. You, you know this team is not... There's no potential on this team. On the, on the Astralis team? You heard Astralis' OP in CSGO? That, that really does not apply in this situation. I mean, they might be good in CSGO, but they're not very good at League. And they made... Honestly, I feel like this roster specifically was designed to be a solid 10... Like, just be a 10th place team. There's no, there's no one that's ever been... Astralis over motivation work improvement team, I guess. I don't know. I mean, I don't know if they're motivated at all. I mean, none of them did before, looked motivated before. Like, what did their team is Promise Q? Um, all, all I heard was this Promise Q and Nuke Duck. That already sounds horrible. They, no, no, they, they, that they already sounds trash. The old origin meme. Was that really it? I don't know anything about origin memes. I don't pay attention to that. Like, I did not. I'm going to try and find you guys. Um, the roster that apparently got leaked by esports Macau just yesterday, actually. Um, I'm trying to translate the whole freaking tweet. So much stuff that goes through Reddit that it's really hard to keep track of every single thing. But after this, uh, we we're gonna get to previewing the 2020 World Championship because we have to go to the semi semifinals first because the semifinals were actually pretty one sided for G2 versus Dam One, and then you had Suning versus Top as the other less one-sided series. I think that top underperformed to a lot of people's expectations in terms of what you wanted to see out of top esports, but we'll get into that in just a moment. I kind of want to um, find something re really quickly. Okay. Oh, they got Xerxes upset. Wait, no. We'll be looking for new teams, all three of them. So their roster. Current roster swaps. Um... Promise Q. I, I don't know any of these players, honestly. So, like, all around, we're switching to what What again? Oh, so we the 2020 semifinals for Worlds. Esports, Macau. I mean, one second. Let me move my for one moment. Yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, I'm, I'm pretty excited for this World Championship. I want to see whether or not it's a 3-0 or not, because I really don't see a world where Suning wins this. Like, I think that's one of the biggest problems. I think Suning has made drastic leaps, but they're still completely outmatched in pretty much every single role. The only reason they won against Top is because Top just looks atrocious right now, shape-wise. They look like they're substantially worse than they were before. Like, I don't know. I mean, I got no problems. I got no problems with, uh, like, I, I really do think SOS, SOFM might actually be a better jungle, jungler than Canyon, and that's really all I could say. But, uh, that's really the only place where I could see them winning out at. Now, where'd you go? Did you leave me? No, I got it. I was checking out something super quickly. I mean, that's really the only place. Do you, do you think there's any, do you think it's going to be a 3-0? 
All right, so let's do the semifinals first. Oh, you want to talk I, about semifinals? You want to talk about G2. This guy wants to rag on G2. I mean, I'm not going right. to rag on them. So Dan One played up against G2 uh, this past weekend, and it was pretty one-sided. Like, even grab water the, real quick. like so even in the game against um, Dan One that they did end up winning, I actually thought that G2 played pretty poorly. Like, overall, for this year for G2, I think people will normally just tunnel on the fact that they played pretty good overall at certain points, but I don't think this G2 roster ever hit the highs that last year's G2 roster actually hit. And there's so many different factors into overall breaking that down because you got to consistently think about this, you know, how they beat SKT, in my own personal opinion, was that they had a chance to play up against Damwon, which kind of warmed them up to play against SKT again in the rematch they had last year at the 2019 World Championship. Now, you had it where they faced Gen G in the quarterfinals this year, and Gen G didn't pretty much do anything. Like, Gen G were actually just sitting there mentally imploding, and right after that, they faced up against a better Korean team that were going to punish all their mistakes, and they didn't really know what to do. I think that if you look at the roster going, you know, top to bot, I personally think that Wonder played pretty okay. Jankos had his worst world so far. Caps played oh, Caps played good in the Gen G series, and he played good in some of their games in the group stage. Then you also had um perks and mickey x i think mickey x was the best player on g2 by far i think he was the standout player i think that perks was serviceable and showed that he, he could play adcs to a average extent but other than that i think this g2 uh iteration that we had this year it's the same iteration but obviously for their season 10 performance it was marginally worse compared to their last year performance and that was pro partly in due to the fact that the meta change flex picks weren't really that good in terms of actually doing it because they lost it was it's hard to say it's because of how riot actually uh, did the patch updates for season 10 about how you flex certain champions into other roles but other than that um i didn't predict g2 to win it wasn't because i don't like them it's like i knew damn one were stronger you know, I knew last year that G2 had things that could take down Dan 1 and SKT for a fact from watching all their games and watching Dan 1 and SKT as well. That's why I was so gung-ho on my predictions last year. The reason why G2 could actually win and go over to the finals, they were really strong. Like, they were generally a really, really strong team. This year, I was, nope, I was like, Dan 1 is a little, little too strong here. <laughs> and then Gen G did, did not punish anything G2 did. Nothing. They just walked out there and just were like, you know what? Mouse and keyboard. All right. Leagues up. Ban. Ban. Champion select. All right. Walk up. Lose. Get off the stage. Literally. That's how they play. They were already mentally broken before the freaking series started. Uh. <coughs> I mean, I want to point out the like Gen G 100% just misexecuted everything they did. Like, they actually, if you look at the game one, I think the worst problem, if you see it, like, actually, the, the Tark engage in, in game one towards like the like the, the 25 minute mark he goes in there gets himself killed tark doesn't even get his ult on him so now they're left in the middle of the gate in like the open with no tark ultimate and they're kind of stuck in the middle of everything they get killed off that like right there like genji is a better team than they played in that series i do think g2 probably would have won regardless but like they should not have lost to the extent they did they they get in their heads too often they have a lot of talent on that team that they really didn't play around 
I think the BDD just stuck in lane way too often, and they just didn't play cohesively like a team. But Damon is like, I think G2 came in with the right mindset. I want to point out they did not come in here with a bad mindset. That's the one thing I'll give credit to G2. I think pick and man phase-wise and grass of the meta-wise, they look a lot better this year than they did last year. Just mechanically, they're a worse team. I think that's one of the biggest problems with G2 is the fact that a lot of their players are underperforming, but... Again, I think one big problem with is the fact that uh, uh, the uh, meta shift with uh, Ketchup XP being nerfed drastically, I think it really shifted how Yankos can actually play the game, and I think maybe that was a big reason as to why he didn't succeed, but uh, I don't know if that's 100% it. Like, one big problem I have with, uh, like, the series, like, how it went right now is, like, we look at game one, I think that, uh, uh, Genji, I mean, Damwon just kind of, like, like Leona just kind of ran all over them and the support really took over the game. They really should have, they, they took that into consideration game too. They picked the Leona away and they really a hundred percent almost threw it away like three times, like with uh overextensions in the mid lane after a dragon thing, they, they, uh, they got caught out a few times, but they really did the early game skirmishes and mid game skirmishes are a hundred percent how you beat Damon. They understood that they picked away one of the more engaged heavy supports in the game with a lot of like, like a base base resistances and they were able to like kind of push the pace of the game to the point where Damo will always react to what they're doing. They're a reactionary team at this point and they'll try and like kind of stem the, the flow of what you're able to push in game three. I think one of the biggest problems with this game, if you look at the, the dive in bot lane was absolutely terrible. Like, like it, it was so mis executed. He got a double kill when they tried to dive him and that's just not something you can like you you reasonably should let it happen but uh i think the the biggest problem with this series is perks being completely outmatched in bot lane i think he was the, the biggest liability in the entire series so completely demolished by ghost in terms of just every aspect that it really just left like they, they really had to focus like kind of resources into the bot lane they were going to lose like another one was like in game two they focused the top lane which was moderately decent again he was on fiora which kind of like if you put fiora behind she's inevitably going to be ineffective because she can only one three one she has no ability to team fight at this point and she's not even that good in side lanes of now like the pantheon in game three i think was actually okay at the very start and then like that's actually a, a very common trend inside of supports this season i think that again i i think that mickey x played poorly that game but i think a very common trend inside of supports if we look at if we look at a uh, sword art getting caught out inside of the S the uh, suiting games, if we look at a uh, saying being hit or miss the entire year, if we look at that specific game, we see a lot of supports being forced to be the primary engages in the early game, and it kind of really does reflect poorly on them because they have to put themselves in weird situations. And hopefully, like they try, like it looked. If you actually look, it's something uncommon for them to actually ward in that position. So it's really surprising that Damon was able to catch him out. Like they, that was actually pretty impressive on their part to kind of switch that up and I, I was actually surprised YouTube was able to take advantage of that like kind of acknowledge that like that they weren't actually warding in that specific position inside of the pixel brush but uh, they actually did at that time he got caught out Hillisang shows up when like no one else on Fnatic shows up and that's the, one of the most <laughs> unfortunate aspects of it when no one else shows up he kind of like tries to bring some bring him back to that like from the brink and that actually usually works out but uh like Support is the most important aspect in another game engages. I think that game three, 
the problem 100% was mismanagement of tower aggro in the tower dive that was not on Pantheon's. It was slightly on Pantheon. Pantheon misplaced a Z and he took the tower shot. Like, all around, I think G2 had a good mindset going into the series. They misplayed a few things, but again, when you're at against a team that is so much better than you, like mechanically and all this stuff, you kind of really, it's it's hard. If you don't play it perfectly, you're, you're bound to make mistakes because you have to push the tempo past what you're capable of doing. Like, I think one, like, I, I've really liked, I really did like G2's at, like, stance towards it, but they were, they were severely outmatched. Like, they got figured out by game three, and game four was just atrocious. Like, they didn't, somebody should have went in there and stopped the, uh, the uh, the uh, Shelly, she should not have been able to get off so many charges. That was just just kind of crazy to me. Like, okay, so for me, even in the game that they won, I was like, they're not going to win this series. Like, if you looked at the game they won, that was so much less favored into, like, you, get, the game they won did not give me hope for them winning the series. Because the fact of the matter is, is that they were also on the back foot in the game they won. What really... Uh, through the tip in the favor was I uh, what was the play they did some play in the uh, on damn one side and they managed to get a couple picks and they got barren from that so uh like watching the series it was so one-sided and I think people now understand why we had damn one as the best team coming into the event hey if you had top esports better more power to you it's oh, that, that wasn't a bad choice but I think if you looked at them both objectively without bias coming in you could see damn one was the better team i mean i think, saw they were better i, I think specifically if, G2, if top was at their form with all of the players playing properly i think that their skirmish based kind of thing matched perfectly against uh damn one the problem is that damn one is the perfect team right now they they essentially what one thing that you actually can say about damn one is the fact that when you see their comp you know exactly how they're going to play whether or not you're able to stop them from doing what they're going to do. I think one one big thing about it is when they get Renekton, usually around level 6, they almost consistently, it's like almost a 90% chance they die the top lane at that point in time. Mm -hmm. Like, it's always a consistent way they play the game, and a lot of people can't react to that because, again, they're, they're, the individual play plays so well that they can play standardized and you can't do anything about it. Like, I do, I do think that's one big, like, quality that Damwon actually will be punished within the future like seasons not this season because no one's good enough to but like if this team was like in season like not like 12 and there was like another team is, is capable of them they went into the game they know exactly how damn one is going to play and that's one flaw in their game plan but at the same time individual talent is what makes the difference there's really nothing you can do because if you gank the top side the bot side's winning if you gank mid it doesn't matter mid still winning and so is top like, there's not really much you can do besides force skirmishes in the early game and try and build up gold leads. Because if you build up gold leads, it doesn't matter who's better, because an IE against a, like, a, a Stormraiser IE Caitlyn is always going to beat a, a Bork Ash. Like, there's not much difference in that. Like, I mean, there's not much you can do about it, no matter how much better you are than him. But, so, um, pretty much wrapping it up for G2 versus Damwon, there was a person, I can't, he made this meme. Or, like you know how Fnatic had the first reverse sweep at Worlds and G2 losing in the fastest game in Worlds history. G Europe breaking the records in all the wrong places. <laughs> you know what they broke? Oh you know what NA didn't break though? NA didn't yeah. break the barrier into getting out of groups. So I guess we really can't trash talk. <laughs> but overall for G2, I don't know what they're gonna do with the roster move moving forward. Like I like all the players, but you gotta factor in like you. 
All the play, like, Cap, you you know Perks wants to play mid lane. Like, you know he doesn't like playing ADC, you know? He let Perks play mid because, obviously, Cap is just a better player. But now you're looking at it in a hindsight of, wait a minute, if G2's thinking, wait a minute, if we have Caps, why would we ever want to replace him? Like, Caps is the best mid laner in Europe and one of the best mid laners of all time going after his performance against Genji in the West. Like, why do you replace him? Like, is there a per world where Perks goes to see us? A world I don't want to live in. I don't want to live in that world where Perks <laughs> that reality is leaves horrible. G2 and goes to TSM. You would That would just make... It's a good... It would be a great addition. I think that would really give them an extremely good grasp. Like, honestly, Perks would be the perfect addition to this team. Whether or not they're going to do that is probably unlikely. I'd be sad if that happened, and I think a lot of people would be upset about it. But... Again, he has. He, uh, from what I've seen, a lot of the the, the strengths of G two has always been the shot calling in the mid game, and that's one of the biggest problems they've always had. Yeah, Yankos at the moment. Who is better in the West? I mean, I think the thing about it is the success of G two has always came from shot calling and Yankos. Yankos without Yankos on this team, this team never made finals. Like in my opinion, I don't think this team ever made finals without Yankos on this team. So I like. I think that's one big problem is that you really do need to give him a chance to bounce back because the drastic change in how uh, the uh, the league was played this season because of reduced uh, catch-up XP is something that really is a hard thing to adjust to. So I think it's really something I would I would I would kind of hold off on on whether or not I'd actually get rid of him because again, this is the single most integral part to G two has always been Yankos. He's been the most important aspect of it. He's always been the, the identity when he's been on this team like will Perth be staying as adc all right so the other rumor i wanted to bring up was that there could be a potential trade that perks goes to fanatic on a loan that would be incredible that would be actually incredible fanatic you know what that's not the, i love perks perks is my favorite place ever but that's not bad that's not bad though if like, he's loaning them it's like when i mean honestly he's willingly doing this to make eu as, as a whole better like that's that's an incredibly good fanatic, and that's an incredibly good G two who gets who gets an upgraded ADC. You have two worlds contending teams if you do that, in my opinion. Like you already have two worlds contending teams right now in their current forms, and now you just have better teams. I mean, fanatic and G two always make top eight, and they're always making I, top four. I, yeah, but like contending is like, man, they might be able to win this year. That's contending. That's like G two. Hey, they made the finals in those years, though. I'm just I, I saying, though. I just I I never believed in them, though. Like of course, why, why? Why would you believe in them? I only believed in G two because I really thought they they could have beat FPX. But well, I woke up at five a.m. and saw them get smashed. So yeah, they're never gonna put myself to that again. But Fnatic, I, no, I, I knew it. I knew Fnatic weren't gonna be IG. I knew they weren't. Just think I, about this: after every win and loss, the first person you see is Perk smiling, and everybody else kind of looks at him and smiles afterwards. Caps was not smiling after that last series. He was very upset. Like if you look at the, uh, he played like, pretty bad. He played pretty oh, bad. He, here, he, so. Everybody's gonna play bad against Showmaker, man. Like you're not Chovy, you're not gonna play that well. It's just. I mean, but you know, Caps is good though. Cap Caps is not Caps, good enough to play against him. I, I think mean, Caps, if you give him certain champions, he can perform really well. Like yeah, he can never. The reason, the reason that I think Caps will never be able to play against the Eastern, eight, I mean, mid laner on a consistent standard is because mechanically he's worse than most of them. He's worse than BDD mechanically. He's worse than. What's called the reason that he's able to stand out is because he's able to play more impactful roaming champions, and EU as a whole really does have a good grasp of skirmish-based like, like team comps. But he's not a better mid laner than most of them. I think he plays a good standard like, like, like way to like, like, 
kind of idea, like the, the way he plays around the map is really strong. But um, like mechanically, he's worse than all of them. And that's why he can't play these assassins and all this stuff is because he really does struggle when it comes to that. And I know I know his uh, Akali game was unfortunate. They got a Mountain Drake and a Lulu. But at the same time, like if you look at the mid-game skirmish inside of Baron Pit, he just missed a Shuriken that would that output that missed out on a lot of DPS on one of the characters. And like I agree with that. I think without perks, we're gonna see whether or not this team can actually hold it together mentally because that's one of the strongest points. Or you have where Fnatic takes Caps on alone again. Caps plays for Fnatic again. Caps is but, not coming back if he goes there. I don't know. He he literally said he did not want to go back because they're unwilling to change things. That was they, that was seasons ago. They changed things already. I mean, no, no, no. Unwilling to change things in terms of play style, like. People didn't want to play certain champions. Though. They don't want to play around the map Study. effectively a certain play. I think this is a completely different idea, ideology on what, what Fnatic plays at now. They play a lot of different things. G2 could flex pick Moosh in mid. <laughs> in uh, game one, G2 could flex pick Lucian mid. I agree with that. I mean, that's true. But, I mean, G2, like, Lucian's just a horrible ADC right now. He provides no utility. He scales worse than the utility ADCs. Like, all he is is a lane bully and lane sustain... Utility ADCs don't get bullied out because they can pretty much just survive through all the burst you can do. Like, he doesn't kill Senna because Senna can heal through most of his damage. You don't kill uh, Callista because Callista wins the lane against him. You don't beat, like, uh, what's it called? You don't beat uh, Ash because out Ash outranges him. Like, you can't play at Lucian as an ADC right now. That's the big problem with that. And now it's time to move on to the top esports versus Sooning series. So thank you, Sooning. You ruined my pickums because the top esports won. I would have got every prediction correct except for one. Now I've gotten two wrong. But but I can still get damn one beating out Sooning because I think an issue with Sooning I had was that their drafting phase is really questionable. They weren't like flexing picks. Oh, it's it's so, it's, so, it's a lot of break breakdown for like the casuals, but. What I saw in their drafting phase was that they couldn't really flex certain picks, and they were just willing to ban out the OP picks that they knew they couldn't play properly. And what I also saw, Sword Art, get, like, some, some questionable plays in the series. Um, SOFM was pretty good. Huangfeng was pretty good. Ben played pretty good. Ben showed me the Jax pick, which I thought was really, really incredible. Uh, Top Esports, they... They've been playing, like, I don't know. They just did not perform up to the standard that I think a lot of people helped them. Like, okay, so we held Damwon to the standard that most people hold top esports to. Is that a fair comparison? I didn't hold them in the same standard, to be fair, but yeah. No, no, but yeah, like, the, the, how we hold Damwon is the same way people held top. And I don't think they didn't show it at all this tournament. They showed I'm, moments of it. I'm not saying they never did. Top. I think they showed moments of them being the best. They never. Team. They never played to the standard that they played at in LPL, and that's just the reality. But you got to fact. People need to factor this in. It is their first. Is like their real first legit international event. Yu Yanja's first international event. Three six nines. Like these things play into how these teams perform. The pressure. I, mean, of them I think doing it will be 100 did. They all played under their standard. Mechanical Giants. The Chinese trash. community the Chinese community definitely eats them alive if they play bad. People gotta back to this in. Like there's pressure on these people and their first world championship and their real first in international competition. As I always said, some players crack under it, some players don't. It just depends on the player. Depends how old they are, depends on their role, like you Yanja. <laughs> Yuanji didn't, didn't crack. He was bad in the LPL. No, no, no. This man's borderline inting. Remember the Karma game against Fnatic? Where he he was, could remember I'm the Karma saying, game was... against Fnatic where he could block a skill shot so Jackal doesn't die and he Karma speeds up and thrusts yeah, away? He, he was pretty bad. He was the he was the weakest point in, a, what's it called, inside of the LPL too. 
when I think that's uh, a big thing you Why can't top esports get Mako? I think Mako would be a great upgrade for them. Because Mako is pretty decent, I agree. If but you want I mean, a shot caller, hey, that's the person you need. Get Mako. I don't know if shot calling was the big problem. I think they just needed a better support. Like they were a actually trying. To, they wanted PP God, who is actually it would have been an insane upgrade for this team. He's not, he's the support for Victory Five. Top support. Oh, is, they, no, no. The, the reason they didn't do it is because FPX actually had him. They were giving him away because they just didn't want him on their starting roster, and they purposely didn't give him to top esports because they didn't want them to be good. Which actually, he, he was the single best player on Victory Five, and actually turned this team around. Like I, I know Mole was good too, but for the most part, I think that uh, what's his name? I think that uh, PP God was definitely the best player on that team. Also for Sooning, I, I personally think that some of some of the things they actually do were in partly because Top failed so much at it. Like Top became, you know, like they I, failed a lot at a, lo a lot of things. In that you series. could say that, but I, I do think a lot of it was because of the pressure that uh, Sooning actually output in terms of just skirmishes. They were able to do that. And you're not going to see a lot of teams that are able to out mechanic them. I mean, even even on like Knights' bad days, you're not going to see too many players push them to the point where Knights going to make those like bad bad mechanical decision. I think Angel did really well, better than I thought he would up against Knight. He, he, I mean, he was the second best mid laner at the tournament, maybe? Pretty second, much, yeah. Second if best self, mid laner at the tournament. If Selfmade self didn't get knocked out the previous week, I thought Selfmade was one of the best junglers at the event. Maybe top three, actually. Uh, let's think. He was worse than SOFM. He was worse than Canyon. He was... Let me let me think if there was anybody else. Everyone he was else? Worse, I'm pretty sure he's no, he was, he was worse than uh, Karsa. Eh... Uh, he was worse than Carson. Not, not from those first games. Not from those first games. You could say whatever you want, but Carson all around was probably better than him. Selfmade was pretty solid in a lot of aspects, but again, I think a lot of the reason as to why they weren't able to win that series was because of the fact that they relied on Hillasing too much. Like, I don't know. I, I, I personally think Selfmade the reason, was... The reason they lost to stupid top esports is because Selfmade actually got destroyed by Carson. Like, Carson actually completely outplayed him and they lost that series. First like, games didn't Selfmade just outplay him? No, no, it was not pressure around the map. Carsa, a hundred percent. The reason they started losing is because Carsa actually started pulling out carry picks, and they actually tried to play standard against them instead of trying to skirmish like they're supposed to. Like, which is actually the weakness of top esports. They just tried to play standard against them. Carsa, a hundred percent, took over all three of the last of the games. I don't, I don't even think it's relatively close between those two, to be honest. When I think that once we saw the difference between them on carry junglers, we saw that actual difference between the players themselves like Carson was substantially better than like even most of the tournament too but like again the big reason they lost their specific series is because Carson jungle gapped him so hard in the last three games mm -hmm. all right um it's just uh, agree to di agree to disagree uh not, how can you disagree with that I don't think Carson was that good overall. Carson literally straight up manhandled it in game one, three. The reason they turned it around is because Carson straight up killed him like sixty times solo killed. Then self made in game four. Self made. I mean game. Yeah, was a game four. Self made got caught out sixty times and they and lost then, that game. And then against SOFM when he played against someone different, he got blasted because if he's not playing Lee Sin, he doesn't look that good. Cause, you know, because SOFM is the best jungler in the world.
That's why. Okay. I mean, it's just fanboying. When Canyon no, I'm not, it's just a fact. When, when Canyon destroys him next week, I want to see the salt just pour down. Right? Right? No, I, mean, it's, it's, I think that they're going to do that, but I think it's mostly because of the. Actually, the way that's play. the thing. Because uh, for, for, for the top esports series, I actually I, I predicted top to win, but like. Which, I actually uh, thought. I, I actually. When I realized that you could actually swap out the semis, that's when I should have done it. I actually did expect Suning to be able to beat this. Yeah, like I, I didn't know you could do that. I know I never knew you could do that. If I knew that, I was gonna be like, freak, crap. I think <laughs> no. I'm just saying, like, I don't think that Selfmade was a top three jungler. I think he played. He was the best Western jungler by far, though. I think that's undeniable. I but, think uh, that when you look at how top esports are playing, Jackie made a lot of mistakes, flashing over aggressively, dying consistently. Yuyanja doing his best freaking Kiwi kid impressions to run it down. Just Every like the best, game. the best player on this entire series and on this team right now, the reason they were able to do so well was Carsa. Carsa. I was gonna say three six nine. Three six nine. Three six nine got top gas in their series. Like, yeah, against Bin, another great top laner. I'm just he's saying. better than Bin though. I mean, he's better than Bin. I mean, I think most of the year he's been better than Bin. Like, it's just unfortunate that he wasn't in this specific worlds. Like, I think that we're gonna see. We saw Carsa being. Like, pretty much the only reason they were able to come back in their first series against Fnatic, and then everybody else turned it back online, uh, night 100% gapped, like, nemesis by the end of the series. I think there's there, there's a lot of things to put into this. But, um, like, all around, I think that Tom Esports really struggled against, uh, against, against uh, what's it called, against Sunim, because, again, the skirmish-based kind of play style that they actually struggled against with against Fnatic, that they actually, for some reason, Fnatic stopped playing that, uh, that is that is the basis of uh, Suning's playstyle. They always skirmish-based kind of force fights around objectives, and that's really something that top esports struggles with. They try and push the tempo, and they don't want to give up objectives, but when you actually try and do that against a team that's really kind of centralized about this is their specialty, you're really going to struggle a little bit. They th the, the LCK side of quarters and semis is very predictable, true. Are you talking about... Uh, I think I actually think every single one of the games win is predicted. I mean, I think every single one of the games you could expect. I expected a three. Yeah, every single group stage went almost as predicted. Well, yeah, yeah. I think every everything, but maybe the Sooning series is everything except for Sooning was predicted correctly. Or and obviously Rogue Rogue not getting third in their group essentially. That's pretty much it. Everything is pretty much correct how the worlds went. Team Liquid not making it out. FlyQuest not making it out. The Korean and Chinese teams being on top. NA performing bad. Sooning. Is the only X factor into the quarterfinals? Because like, if you factor in, if you watch the LPL all year, like I did, I never thought Suning could even beat JDG in a best of five. JDG, we're so close to winning back-to-back -back splits. Like, but JDG performed really bad at World, so I should have taken into consideration Suning played more recently better. It's, it's... I saw JG playing really bad, and I should have just went, went, went with Suning. But hindsight's a bitch. Yeah, that's what it, it is. is. I mean, I... <laughs> The thing about it is, again, you could reasonably say that best of fives are a big difference between the best of ones. But the big thing I want to say about uh, 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 Suning and the reason they were able to turn it back on is obviously 100% factored into the fact that the bot lane actually completely kind of transformed itself coming into Worlds. They play a lot better than they did at, at specifically inside of China, and I've really been appreciative of their, their level of play. It's really made them a step up from what they were. And it's really kind of transformed a team like inside of a meta that's kind of centralized around jungle and support pressure in the early mm -hmm. game it's really with the step of a sword art it's really made them a never another tier level of the team but at the same time i think that they wouldn't beat i don't think they would have beat top esports if top esports had not had so many underperformances i think that jdg had a lot of weaknesses inside of their drafting phase because uh, uh uh 
what's his name in the mid lane? I always forget his name. I always mix him. Whatever it was, Gee, was, was some more. No, oh, mid laner. Mid, mid laner. Oh, Yigao. Yigao, yeah. Yigao is so limited inside his Zoe pick. You can play Zoe, LeBlanc, and all these stuff. And always perfect in predictions. So what can I say? There are, there are 12 people that are perfect so far. Dude, yeah. I would have been perfect in the quarterfinals if I just believed in Sooning. <laughs> I, I saw them playing good. If I just completely disregarded the fact that I thought both of these teams were going to win, then I would have been right. No. Yeah. Yeah. Of- Reasonable reasons as to hey, why you guess these recency bias. Well, sometimes you got to go with that recency bias. Yeah, but it, it does work. F- it does work sometimes, but sometimes it doesn't work. Right? Hey, you never. That's how life is. You got to take some chances. You don't want to. Like, nothing is ever going to go one hundred percent correct. Take some fun. Have, have some fun predicting it. I'm just saying. I you had some fun, right? Or are you saying you? Didn't I have, did. You know, I did have fun. My fun was getting down to the finals. So at least I just saying. I think all around. I think everybody expected. Like again, everybody's. Like there was reasonable reasons to think why JDG could have beat Suning. Suning again, JDG looked a lot better, specifically in recency, like against uh, Suning. Like not really. I mean, I top was the one that beat them, but at the same time, like it's like the team that three would them barely was able to pull out a three a three two victory against JDG. It looks like obviously, like uh, JDG stepped it up by the uh, by the uh, playoff series and were able to start consistently three owing a lot of teams that were performing a little bit better than them in the playoffs. I mean, in the mm-hmm. regular season. Like it's it's not unreasonable for all these things. I think a lot of these teams, like, were like, like the question for the final will be how Damo can dismantle Sooning because. Oh everything- well, that leads in, into the final topic. Is this is the last match of tw- world of uh, the year, guys? World twenty twenty finals preview. This is the last match of the year of this terrible, terrible year we have to live in. Um, holy crap! I want to blow my brains out. Good I want to point out, um, the big thing about this is the fact that mechanically. I think that they match up a lot better against this damn one roster than G2, G2 did. And that was one of the bigger problems as to why Dom, uh, G2 couldn't pull out a victory against them was the fact that um, like a G2, like a G2 100% played the right man- mindset but weren't able to mechanically pull off a lot of the stuff to consistently push the advantages that they had. I think that damn one is probably going to win the series, and I think it might be a pretty good big stomp. But again – there are weaknesses that can be exposed by Sooning, and Sooning is the perfect team to be able to do this. This is the best. I think if there's a team that that could bring Danwon to five games, I think it'd be Sooning. But Sooning. overall, I think it's gonna be a three-one or a three-zero for Danwon. I don't really see a realistic world where Sooning can beat them, only because like their drafting face is really questionable about what picks they give up from what I saw. And then you also got to factor in Showmaker is just a little bit better than Angel. It's not a little bit. It's a very Naguri. Naguri is like a little like every player on Damwon is just a little bit more better than, than the counterparts on Sooning, if not way better. And that makes I mean, the difference. Though. There if is there was, like if Sooning were playing up against like a G two in the final, Sooning would win. I, I'm just saying you're you're saying that everybody, and I don't agree with that specific aspect. I mean, I don't think Canyon is better than SFM. I don't think that. He definitely uh, can match him and beat him. That that's the thing, though. It can, but I don't think he's better. I think that also I don't think Ghost is really that much better than Huangfan, if at all. I, oh. I I don't know. I I think if you make comparisons, you have comparisons, and then the people on Sunin can not only match people on uh Damwon side. It's also nothing they're gonna get super advantages over. So like I don't think SOFM is gonna massively jump Gap Canyon. I don't think it's gonna happen. Like, I don't think it's going to happen. I don't think, I don't think it's going to happen. But again, again, the specific playstyle that Damwon struggles against is the identity of Sooning. And I do want to take that in consideration. I think if any team is going to be able to beat them, it is 100% going to be uh, Sooning. 
No way. They're the last two teams. Well, no, I'm just saying, if any team, like, again, if, if G2 had made the finals over Suning and they had beat Suning, I'd be like, they're, they're, this is not the perfect, like, if Suning can do it, it's most likely not going to be G2. But again, Suning is better at G, than G2 at the play style that they have, and I really do think this is going to be the difference for these two teams is the fact that, like, again, I think Damon just showed that they can play multiple styles and just through their opponent. I mean, I think that, like, uh, <laughs> I just think that G2 was just outmatched. I mean, I, I'm not surprised. It wasn't even. It wasn't even full adjustments. I mean, there were slightly, slight different adjustments, but for the most part, like they kind of ran back comps against them, and they were doing the same stuff. Like they, they, they like they just took away the Leona them from them in game two, and that was like a big thing. But like for the most part, like they just didn't have an answer to Ash. They didn't have an answer to Ghost, and they could never match him. Like that I, was. I, just, I, I personally think this series goes into into the same reason why. People thought that G2 were really strong based off the Gen G series. Was that G2 smacked around Gen G? They weren't challenged in that series, and now you see the same thing with this series. That Damwon smacked around G2, and they weren't challenged at all. But the issue here is looking at Damwon over over the tournament. They haven't really lost. They've only lost two games: one in the group stage and one now. They've pretty much been stomping everybody. So I just don't think Suning is going to be the X factor. Like everyone on Damwon can match p players on Suning, and and are in some ways better. I just don't see a world uh, in which where Suning I, I think really that has that X factor. In some Suning ways, better. Suning play one style essentially. One style that Damwon has shown to struggle against throughout the entire season. But if Damwon pull, pull out one of their styles that Suning is not good against, that's where you have that. They, they I mean, I don't, I don't know if they, 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 again the reason that Damwon is probably going to win is because of the fact that they're a reactionary team that's able to adapt to specific comps and they always know how to design comps against that. They don't really change the way they play. They are, are, if you play fast-paced, we're going to react to that. If you play slow-paced, we're just going to play the game, and we're going to start getting what's it called when we get the gold built up. Like, I don't know if it's anything to do with anything about, like, that aspect of it. I don't think they're going to, like, change their play style drastically for Damwon because Damwon is just very standardized. They are, by the books, they're very, like, very completely, like, you know what they're going to do. And that's one big thing about Damwon. Like, you just can't stop them when they do it. They just play everything so perfectly. But uh, I think one big problem I have with, uh, like, the, the one big thing that I think they're actually going to struggle with is they're not, they were losing around the map a little bit. But again, Bot always brought it back because Perks got completely outmatched by Ghost. Like, Ghost actually just destroyed him. Like, in one of the top dives, they actually got a little bit of a gold lead in the top lane. And then Perks tower dove Ghost and died. And Ghost, <laughs> like, it, it, it's actually just incredible. Like, it, it happened, like, two times, and the third time, he finally killed him, but he died for it, too. I like, it's just that, to me, I think that, not even just player-wise, they can match them and be better. It's just how they actually play I mean, the map. That's, that's honestly just not true. Like, they, like they, they, Suning were in the back foot in the top series. Some At some points, in top just threw it away at multiple different dragon fights. They multiple got, dragon fights, they threw it away. The I one mean, if you actually saw what actually happened during those fights, there was a lot of, like individual outplays on that point in time, they actually were able to secure vision before they actually came. What's that called? And then they Plus, actually- I will say this. I will say this. Ben is better at playing the one three one style than Naguri is, but how much, how far is that going to go? I'm just saying, I think Damwon is probably going to 3-0 to 3-1, but at the same time, if they're able to win this series, it's not like the most surprising thing in the world to me, because at, at the same time, a comp that, uh, a, a style that Damwon has never really shown to like be strong against, Again, a lot of these games would went a little bit differently if they had if, if Ghost was on the enemy team. If Ghost was on the enemy team, there would have been a lot of different situations where we saw Damo struggle a little bit more. 
because again, Ghost is actually laning so well, and that's what one of the one of been like been one of the biggest problems. They've actually have not faced a good bot lane this entire series, like this entire what's it called, like world. Yeah, I mean, I think that Deft versus Kiri was was like a good one, but like Deft was not playing that well this entire world, so can't oh really. Oh my god, yeah, I feel bad. He played pretty. Yeah, he's, he has a herniated disc. I don't even know. Like, most people say you can't even sit for a year and a half afterwards, so I was just surprised he's even playing. But, uh, like, I think all around I've been really, like, kind of saying that there, there's there's not much you could say, but, like, he hasn't faced a good top laner. They haven't faced a good bot lane. This is going to be the first time where I think there's a lot. This is the most equalized player skill-wise they're going to be. And, again, whether or not that matters is probably not going to be the case. I want Damwon to win. I think they are the more deserving of the teams. I think they're a better team in, in general. But can the suiting bot lane challenge Damwon bot lane? I mean, I think that Huangfang is extremely good. But the problem is burial. Challenge? I think the challenge comes in the support factor because Sordar is, to me, lo looking pretty suspect in a lot of things he does. That's because you're stupid. <laughs> I, I just, this man I doesn't you. see flaws. This man I do never see flaws. flaw saying that Sordar isn't a top three, top laner and support at this tournament, burial is probably the second best to first best support, not given that. But I like. At the same time, like Sword Arts is definitely close to him in skill level, and he's been extremely good so far this entire tournament, and he's been one of the key deciding points of this team. The problem is, Burial is just a better version of him, and that's going to be the biggest problem with this. Oh no, man! This guy's been doing his best to run it down. As you're really game. pointing out specific aspects of him. It's not even just aspects. He's it's literally, it. he's literally. Yes, this is a big. This is actually. Consistent, he forces consistent things, though. That it doesn't get punished at all. I like, mean, it, it, it does get punished a lot. I mean, the reason that these don't get punished is because early game skirmishes with the amount of items, they're really drawn out, so it's just a numbers advantage. He's always there before the enemy team. He has a lot of impact because his support, supports have the highest uh, CC to damage ratio in the game in the early first five, like uh, one through five levels, so it's really hard to play against them. Like, I think that he's just been moving around the map a lot, like really effectively. But the point is, when you see him get caught out, all these things pop in your head, like, wow, he's playing terrible. But his his bar gameplay in some of the games were actually just straight up carrying them inside of the group stages. Like, he's been absolutely incredible, like this Worlds. I really don't want to disrespect him because he's probably been one of the best players on this team so far this Worlds. Like, I think that they've all been playing substantially above their, their pay grade recently. And I just think this is, like, like I think That's that all around... Fan. SLFM would probably get a two million dollar contract. Yeah, I mean, I would. I think an A team needs to look at him at this point. Just who oh, cares yeah. if he doesn't speak English? <laughs> oh my god. Um, that's pretty much it for the uh, World Twenty Twenty Fifteen Thousand. Ugh, I'm just kidding, guys. Sorry. So the World Twenty Twenty uh, Championship Finals is going underway on Sunday. This is the last game, last series of the year. This year is terrible. This year has been terrible for a lot of things anywhere oh, in the world related. But what is I think this? I, what? See this Whippo and Hillisang going to Misfits rumored? Yeah. I didn't hear about they, that. Some teams want uh, Whippo and Hillisang as a duo to come over. But Fnatic want them as well. They want them, them to stay. So Why is this Why is this even here? It says it's, it's a rumor of Neon going from leaving Shalka to go to Shalka. Like, why is this in this section? Uh, because he might resign. I'm pretty sure, right? I'm guessing. So yeah, overall, guys, I had down one winning the series, three one. I think that Suning might win game one. If Suning win game one, hey, the momentum might build up and they might actually win another game. But 
I'm not opposed to the series going to five games. I just think it's very, very unlikely. I, I think Dan One at worst will 3-1, 3-0 stop them. As I've already laid out my arguments before, I think Dan One have the players to match every single Sooning player. And I think their uh, multiple playstyles is going to be more effective than Sooning's one playstyle. But if Sooning can show me something differently in the series, I think they'll have a shot. But overall, I, I think this is Korea winning their it's It's, it's obvious that, title. like... Sooning is the second best team in the world, so they're playing That's the better. Crazy! The third best Chinese team ended up being the second best team at the World Championship. That's great. Oh, the LPL is so much further ahead than everyone else. It's they're not better than I mean, not not than LCK. I think it's very comparable. I mean, the thing about it is, if we want to say that the, the, the do you think the LPL is better than the LCK? Because if you want to say that, I think they need to win a championship without having two. If they win uh, this Worlds, then it's comparable. I'm I'm just saying, every championship they've had so far, their two best players have been Korean. I think That's at fine. least two of their players. No, I just, I, I mean, that I, shows I'm not that, disagreeing with that. No, I'm no, just no but that, that shows that if your domestic talent is on point, then, it, then imports just give you that edge. I'm just saying, that, yeah, LCK doesn't import. I'm just saying. And I don't it, really count that for IG, though. Come on, these guys have been playing there for like years before that. Yeah, happened. but dude, Rookie was that does literally. not from, count. Rookie that was is, from KT. I know, but he literally played with IG for years, though. Yeah, but he was he was KT, and he's been a world class player since then. And what's his name? Uh, the shy uh, shy has been playing in Korean solo queue mass amount of time. Like he he wasn't even a pro player until season eight. So like, I mean, I'm not trying to trash talk again. I'm not trying to say that, but I also literally trashed LCK though. I mean, Dragon X would have matched up well against everybody else again. Very pretty much in scrims, everybody says that by far and away the best best bot lane and best kind of duel inside of the all the, all the what's it called was death and carry mm -hmm. like and then again i think that, that that's one of the bigger problems i have is that the fact that dragon x matched up against damon in the first series i really do think they would have played well against I everybody think they, else they could have made i mean if there if the worlds were shifted there was a possible shot that dragon x could have gone a little bit more further because they weren't bad in the group stage i don't think the group stage was just, I, I don't think their series against Damwon was a big indicator as what they could have been. Yeah, I think they played really well this Worlds. They really changed up their playstyles. They just didn't know how to play against Damwon, and that's just understandable. No one does right now. Like, I think... Thank you, one, Ryan. I like that. LPL is like Game of Thrones. I, I just... The thing about it is, second, third, until yeah, like anybody that. can outmatch... Uh, out, I mean, like, match the output at which talent... Like, the, the, the talent that the LPL... I mean, LCK brings, I think it's hard to dethrone them as number one. And I think they've been substantially outputting the most talent out of every other region so far. So it's mm. like that is one. But big it's thing hard about. to say. There's a lot of good Chinese players on. There are good Chinese though. players, but there are again the most successful players in China are usually the Koreans. Like it's, it's it, not necessarily it, that they're also successful because they have good domestic talent. Yeah, too, yeah, yeah, yeah. But again, they wouldn't have won with the, the shy and rookie were the big reasons with IG in season eight. Season nine was. Uh, do doing B and Gimgoon were both Korean. No, Gimgoon. I don't know about Gimgoon. Gimgoon was it's a very just Doi B T N is what that is what helped. No, them no, no, out. no, no. Yeah, but uh, a very a moderately good or pretty decently good weak side top laner that was really good at team fighting in terms of just how he played. It was it was a very big aspect of that team. No, I think, I think their their biggest aspect was mid jungle synergy. That's what brought out the mid jungle synergy. Well, I mean, obviously, I don't think anybody disagrees with that. I don't that. think Gimgoon provided much. That's why they swapped out with Khan because they knew he wasn't that good. Yeah, but when they, they got brought a him back in, they, when they brought him back in, they started winning. Again. Like I, I think it's it's hard to say that Gimgoon wasn't 
I mean, you could have put Impact in there, and I feel like, I think they would have been pretty, pretty decent still. But at the All same right, let's, time, let's not go crazy here. <laughs> I'm just saying, you, just, you needed a weak side top laner, and I yeah. think that Gengum provided it. They didn't. They don't. They're not really too many of those inside of the LPL. I think Flandria would have been better. Obviously, their perks will not play AD carry next year. Like, I mean, that. See, I don't think that's a rumor right there. Is what you put because I we know you can tell on his face he doesn't want to play ADC. But by the way, he talks about playing ADC, but. Like, that's the problem with, with G2 right now is, I brought this up, I think about G2 when they first announced this, before I think we even had a channel, is that, I brought I brought up to, like, these guys, my, my friends, right, is that this is going to have a possibility, like, yeah, you're, you're going to have your honeymoon phase of winning, but at a certain point when, at a certain point when when they don't win and they're in offseason, what do you do? Like, Perks doesn't really want to play ADC, like, the way he talks about it, the way he uh, just wants to go back to mid, but Caps is better than Perks, though, so if you're G2, you're like, you love perks, but if Caps is better than perks, why do you want to get rid of Caps? And if you give away Caps, you make someone else significantly better. If That's perks the problem. The shot, if perks is the shot caller, I think it would be a better idea to keep him instead of Caps. But Caps has the raw carry potential that you might need. Yeah, but shot calling is more important. I mean, I think that's obviously, we've seen that. I mean, raw carry potential, we had a lot of that in TSM. None of them could do it because they fell apart in the first three minutes of the game. <laughs> for three minutes they were dumb when they loaded up in a champion select <laughs> what i'm i'm a little scared of stupid have you are, are you excited for the new changes on annie annie annie, annie is going to be a forever. very annie's going to be an extremely good support that you're able to cast her e what i mean she's been good in quite a bit and just not in pro play but i think she's going to be an extremely good support now she's going to be built like tank and stuff because you can put your e on side of a like a Do carry you know now do you know what would would submit Perks' legacy as one of the best EU players or West players? Is if he actually did go to Fnatic and he played on, on at mid lane, and then you saw him actually help Fnatic win titles again. He would literally go from his own org he literally loves to playing for the rival org, win titles with them, and then get them back on top. That would be pretty cool. That'd be a storyline I would love to see, but I just... I, I, after watching Perks for so long, I just don't see a world where he leaves. I personally think there's a world where just Caps goes to another team. No, I, I don't think that. G2's the franchise player. Like, G2, so Perks is like the Bjergsen for G2. Perks is also I like, like the Bjergsen for Europe. That's essentially what Perks is. Perks is I like the Bjergsen for Europe. Unless Perks retires, like, because even, even that boats into the aspect as well. When Caps and Perks played against each other, Caps was just better than Perks. And these are a lot of things you got to kind of factor in if you're G2. I'm pretty sure Wonder's staying, Mickey's staying, Yankees are staying. But the issue of caps and perks is the problem. You have two people who want to play mid. So I, I think if you want to do the legacy aspect, you let perks go to Fnatic, and you keep perks, and you grab another ADC just for this year, see how it works out. And it's a loan anyway. I want to point out, like, these are all implications based off your perception of what's actually going on. We don't actually know if perks is actually striving to be a mid laner right now. I don't think I've ever seen a report on it yet. So this is just, again, this is implicate. I think it's probably true, but I don't want to I don't want to put a fact on this. I don't want to put a fact on this. It's, it's possible they just run back the same roster. I just don't think it will. I don't mm. want it to happen either. For a third time? Well, I mean, they made semifinals and finals, so that's a, that's a pretty good showing. And they did win an international event, so that's something, too. Maybe Perks wants to be a support. Oh, oh good lord. Yeah, he does not have the right to take X-Mithy. Uh, <laughs> I mean, uh, Mickey X? Mickey X's spot. I almost called him X-Mithy, no then X-Peke. Yeah, Mickey, Mickey X is, like, so good. 
but that's pretty much it as you guys already know if you miss this live don't worry it's just gonna stay up just like the like the video that way more people get 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 it recommended in their feed if you watch lead content um this man right here right here right oh my god right here started his own channel so uh i think if you're a mod you can link it right i can yeah, just uh, link it, and then, yeah, we're heading out of here. Thank you to er everyone who came in and watched. We peaked at, like, 13 people. That's cool. You know, this is not for people watching it. This is literally for anyone who's just willing to come in and chat. Uh, that's pretty much it. Uh, there's nothing else. Do we cover everything? Yeah. Nemesis, Afari, Bjergsen, Worlds. Damn one. Hashtag damn one win. They're, they're the best team in the world. They're going to smack around Sooning. I, I, don't, I don't really think it's that close. I mean, it's... Gonna get destroyed, man. It's gonna be embarrassing. <laughs> Literally, if SOFM do not drag them over the hump, if they're doing really bad, I think it, it, it's it's pretty simple. But other than that, yeah. See you guys later. Like, comment, subscribe. Most of all, enjoy. I'm the Nightwing, and that is whatever name or alias he chooses to go by in his daily life. What is your wanna, name? I don't want. I don't need a superhero name. What is your name? Or watch the community. It's a comedy. Everybody's watched the community. It's incredible. What's that? The community. It's it was what's his name was on there. It was uh, God. What was that guy's name? Ja Rule. It was not Ja Rule. <laughs> uh, see you guys later. Goodbye. I'll see you guys next week on Rift Insight, where we talk about the World's 2020 Finals and who won the World Championship. Also, there's gonna be more roster rumors anyway. And if you need. All those immediately updated, don't worry, because I'll be doing them when they come out for you. So, yeah, see you guys later. Peace. Have a great day.